Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously back in the rugby dungeon as we have been every single Monday morning, 52 weeks of the year for 10 years and counting the podcasting OGs in rugby, the ones that are there for you, whether a World Cup's on or whether there's no rugby on whatsoever, we're always there for you and for that uh, we appreciate you listening, you can reward us or thank us or whatever you know show your appreciation by hitting that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast and by going for uh, some more spicy um private members only content at patreon.com slash egg chasers i'm in the rugby dungeon with jb hello tim how are you um very tight trousers you got on there love these love these i didn't use like them but i'm really getting into them now would you call them tights they're uh, they're, well, then, yeah, they're as tight as tights, but they're not tights. They're not. They're um, look, and they're green as well. It's kind of like you're ready for Panto, Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're cool. I really like these. These are my. What are they? My, my. Oh, what, what's that brand? Again, Castor. 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 You'd look great if you were wearing Phil's top. How are you doing, Phil? Uh, well, uh, hello, Tim. Um, it's more for me that. It would be too small for you, but those trousers are too small for you. It's not stopped you wearing them. <laughs> you would be yeah. a bit too green do, wearing this top with those trousers. Do you always know the story behind Castor? Two blokes from the northwest, yeah, Liverpool and Manchester. They got links to Liverpool and Manchester, yeah, as I understand right. it. Uh, I know there's a story about them with wolves that you've told on the pod before. Yeah, so the story of wolves is great, but that's not really Castor story. It is, and it is, and it's more yeah. of a wolf story. But allegedly. And then these guys make Saracens kit. And Harlequins and, and Harlequins Bath. And Harlequins and Bath, yeah. yeah. And Leinster. Oh, no. that, that Bath stash is lovely. It is well. good, isn't it? Really nice. Yep. So they're based in Manchester, but apparently the brothers, one went and did, uh, like, the legal side, went to train, uh, has got legal training and background, the other one did accountancy, and they did that with the plan of coming together and forming a business in the in the future. So they had a well-rounded background in, uh, in, in business from two different disciplines. Did you say they're brothers? Yeah. All right, God, they're, they're young they, as well. They haven't yeah. gone. I was going to say, is it kind of a Gymshark type thing? Because th- those are young guys. They are young. Yeah, exploded. I, tell you what, I love G- Gymshark. You feel when you go on the website, they actually they actually take things seriously. Like they think of things that you actually want to wear. Mm. Yeah. They, so I'm just looking at this. Uh, founded in 2015, so eight years ago. Wow. When they were 25 and 22 respectively. Wow. So they're now 
30 and 33. Wow. Doing okay? Uh, yes, one would imagine. Doing okay. And they, and they haven't done what uh, happened with other brothers in this line of work, like the uh, what, the, the, the brothers behind uh, Adidas, Adidas and Puma, is it? Yeah, Adi Dazzler and Rudy Dazzler. Yes. Who fell, I think they famously fell out. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think, did the brothers... Because uh, there's two German brothers that are Aldi and Lidl as well. They are. Yes. But I think that was oh, no, more... There's Aldi and Aldi. It's not Aldi and Lidl. It's not, yeah. So it's, Aldi is oh, really? separated like... North and South. South Germany, and that's yeah. the border. I think I think ah. that was an amicable... I think... I've never really read about it, but I understand that was Aldi North and Aldi South in Germany. There used to be a rumour that Aldi... It, it was geographic split. Aldi or Lidl, or Aldi and Lidl, they have their own construction teams, so they build their own shops. Mm. So they have a, their own in-house construction firm. That, that, yeah. That's what I heard. I mean, yeah, you, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. It'd, it'd just be a, basically procurement. Like, yeah, and put some do it on Do it on um, like construction management or management so contracting. This is, this is a rugby uh, podcast. Procurement. We'll, we'll get on to some well, the, well, It was like cast, those Castor yeah. brothers who, who are furnishing many of the, yeah. the the teams around the UK and Ireland, which well, is The reason I'm interested in, in Castor is because uh, Beardmore Co, independent financial advisors <laughs> for all your pension and investment needs, um, we've been doing lots of networking. And I went networking at the uh, networking event called the K Club, which is run by two great guys. And we're thinking of doing a new networking series in Manchester based all on the business of sport. So we're trying to get hold of Castor to present to us about about their story. Mm. In fact, we've got all, uh, we've already got quite a few guests lined up. So if you know, like accountants or solicitors, criminal solicitors who represent uh, sports people, uh, agents. If only we knew someone in sports media, Tim Cocker, to come in. You know, <laughs> if you, give if us you a need a compare or anything, I'm, I'm there Absolutely. for you, mate. Absolutely. So, no yeah. so look out for that, because I'll, I'll give, give you some more details on that soon. Anyway, rugby. Something, some rugby happened. Yeah, great weekend. So, well, is it a great weekend, though? Well, y- yeah, because no. the, the mighty Bayonne ended Poe's reign at the top of the top 14 and, uh, okay. and got a great win at home. I mean, so well, well done to the mighty Bayonne. That's very good. My team. I, the, the, some of the few bits of good news come out of this weekend... Um, thankfully, everyone's worst, uh, everyone's least favourite club, Marlow, lost. Oh, so, almost everyone's least, least. Sorry, Tim's favourite club. Everyone else's yes. least favourite club. Oh. Aylesbury got an absolute spanking. Oh. Which, uh, I think poor Aylesbury. No, no one likes to see that. Broughton Park lost. I mean, I can't say I'm too sad about that. <laughs> uh, and Tock H lost. But yeah. Sedgley Park won in the Manchester derby. Again. Did they? Who's Manchester derby? Well, um, kind of Manchester derby. Uh, Sale FC. They, they beat Sale. Yeah, that yeah. Is a Manchester wow. derby. That's like Sailor. North, that's like North Manchester v South, South Manchester, Manchester, kinda, kind of Cheshire borders, kinda. Crikey! So I heard that Sale. I've not really looked at Sale FC results. They've been they're not doing well. They've been struggling, and yeah. it's something to do with the World Cup because obviously the players left um, for the World Cup, and then they played the Premiership Cup, which is all the reserves and whatnot. And Sale FC get a lot of lads from Sale Sharks, but they were all employed doing Premiership Cup stuff, so mm. they were shorn of a lot of players. But, but we had, talking of derbies, we had basically a weekend of derbies in the Premiership. Yeah. Mm. Can, great. Right. Can I can I decide what game to start with? Yes, please. The Battle of the North. No, not that one. Um, <laughs> bloody Saracens. This is, I mean, what can you say well, about I'll this team? What, let me start with an email. Contactochasers at gmail.com. This one from Rowan Akers. Who said, just a quick one on Quins v Saris. I obviously understand this should be our derby because of proximity. However, mm. I'm kind of over the overhyping of this game. This, much, uh, this match feels much more like... Sorry. 
This feels more like Sarri's simply live rent-free in Quinn's heads. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. As opposed to a huge rivalry. <laughs> Looking back at our head-to-heads in the Premiership, if you take out one game in 2020 where Sarri's were already being relegated, the last time Quinn's beat us was 2017. Even wow. including that game... the 2017? Last... Yeah, well, if you take it... So they've, they've won once since 2017. Uh, he said, even including that game, the last 30 games, it's 24-6 to six in Sarri's favour, <laughs> both both home and away. I quite like Quinns, their team, and the way they play, but we just seem to have their number. Perhaps they should spend more time training for the game instead of slagging off our, quote, plastic pitch and, quote, lack of fans. Just my two penneth worth. I think From he's Rome. absolutely <laughs> right. I, I couldn't agree more with any of that. Um, I mean, you've just got to shower... Saracens with praise. I mean, to do that to your closest rivals. I, I was watching this in the pub, and they were just battering. Uh, it was a beatdown. Ho- Holocons. Holocons has got three. I think sixty minutes in, seventy minutes in. Holocons have got three, three points. points. Yeah, yeah. Three points, and Saracens are just taking them to town. They know it's just such an incredible team because. It doesn't matter really what you throw at them. You can relegate them. You can get rid of all their players. You can have inj- injured players in the warm up. Yeah, and, and the next Campbell ramp steps in, does really well. You know, they... Lazowski dropping out after two minutes. Exactly. Like that, you do whatever you want to Saracens, and they seem to somehow be able to put it all together. And I mean, as we said last week, their players just can't, just cannot get enough of playing for them. It's, it's, and even their players are starting to age. Yeah, massively. Yeah. They, they, they really are. I just thought it was, it was one for the ages, this. To do that to you. And let's just talk about Quinns for a second. So this is not a bad Quinns team. It's I think they're one of the best teams in the Premiership. Well, they went away to Leicester. And Leicester are a very, very good team. I know the table doesn't reflect that because they've been missing so many internationals. Mm. But they got the majority of their internationals back last week. Quinns went went away and beat them. A really comprehensive performance. Yeah. You look at how they play. You look at the players that they had out there. I mean, it wasn't that they weren't trying. They... They were trying incredibly hard, but Saracens just fanned out across the pitch, let them play as much as they wanted, and then smacked them in the mouth numerous times. <laughs> uh, you know, I think the linchpin of this Saracens team, it's not any of the big-name English internationals. I think it's Nick Tompkins. I think he just sets that standard of aggressiveness in, in, in defence. I think he's moved. he's stepped up to a different level now. Well, the, the talk in the week of which Mark... McCall would not comment, understandably, on the uh, the contract expired and being renegotiated with Mario Itoji and Owen Farrell suggests that they, Saracens, Mark McCall, um, thinks Owen Farrell is the linchpin of the team because he's the guy being offered the cash and, and Mario Itoji is reportedly being offered half what he's currently on and as a result may, may go elsewhere. If mm. you take Owen Farrell out of that team, they're not going to be as good, right? They're going to be a lot, a lot less good. Tompkins does the same job as Brad Barrett, which he allows Owen Farrell to play to his maximum capability. Mm-hmm. I think that's the difference. You know, if, if only people listened to me years ago when I was saying Nick Tompkins could do a job for England. I'm, it pains me. Mm. Yeah, no, it's it. He's one. He's one that England will look at as yeah. getting away. And there's another boy playing today who has accumulated several Man of the Match awards mm. already this season, who England will also probably think it would be nice to have Andy Christie um, really? available in their ranks because he is playing 
absolutely out of his skin at the moment. Scotland's Andy Christie. Yeah. So, can I just say on that because there was in the in the was it the Bath? I can't remember what game it was. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember which game it was. I was watching this weekend, and the commentator described it as the. Oh no, it was Nick Tompkins described him as the Welsh centre. And I think we have to be careful here. It's like, you could say the Wales centre, and that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. Nick Tompkins is not Welsh. Well? not He's not remotely Welsh, and that's fine. And it would be like going, oh, the uh, the uh, the Irishman CJ Stander. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, no, 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 he plays for Ireland. He he was never Irish. Yeah, you're <laughs> absolutely right on that. He is not, he's not Welsh, is he? He's not Welsh. He's a bloody good player, though. He's Sam so good aggressive. Player. So good. Like and he brings out that so him and Farrell the way they defend together they they just have they're not the best technical defenders like they're not I'm trying to think someone who's just great at tackling and never misses tackles I can't Courtney think of someone like that they're, they're not him they're just far more aggressive they're you're, far more of, you're trying to think of a twelve okay yeah um, the other thing as well and then I'll hand over to you boys to talk this over I've now come to the conclusion that um, Smith first name. Marcus. 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 Magic Marcus. Magic Marcus Smith is not fit to lace Owen Farrell's boots. <laughs> wow, that's you're what, saying this. That's what I've come to... Yeah. If this is coming from JB, oh I mean, my I, goodness. I, I, I've never been totally in love with him, but I thought he's probably going to be a better, better version, a better option than Owen Farrell. But like, how can you be if you lead your team to this kind of beat? You're meant to be the man. Like, you're meant to be the man that leads your team and these are the, game, the games against your biggest rival. Not only your biggest club rival, but also your biggest positional rival. And you do that. What a joker. He, he, always, he always has very special moments. And he had a couple. Yeah. He had a couple in this game. So, Mark Atkinson, of all people, we were talking over a certain inside centre. I won't tell you which one. You and Mark Atkinson were talking. Me and Mark Atkinson. Right? Oh, a lovely name drop there. Yeah. Mm. Well because done. I think it's a really interesting insight from him. And he was saying that the inside centre that we were talking about, he said, he's great. Because he has these flashes of genius, but you need to get all the basic stuff consistently. And he, he, one of the, one I, of the, I reckon I know who's talking. Yeah, who's and talking one about. of the reasons they were saying this is because um, the player was in like, a poor, like, a poor team. So every time the ball came to him, he had to do something. Uh, and I think I think with Marcus Smith, yeah, he has flashes of genius. He needs to win games. That's what he's there for: win games and win this type of game. The, yeah, this is the type of game he's got to be controlling and commanding. And yeah. this week. He didn't. He was uh, summarily outshone by his opposite man. And not only, and if you want more echoes back to the World Cup, when if there was, a, there, was there was two things which the Rugby World Cup emphasised, and it was one, exactly what you've just said, fly halves need to do the absolute yep. basics really well. And secondly, you can't win without a scrum. No, you can't. Yeah, and yeah. Saracen's battered. Them. And this, again, it's not like the, it's not like Holocons have not invested in that scrum. I mean, they've got a bloody great front row. Yeah, they're, they're starting front row. I mean, um, who was it? England's Joe Marler, England's Jack Walker, and Will Collier. Who England, Collier, England's Will Collier? England's yeah. Will Collier. Will Collier, who a lot of people think if he's South African, will probably get a good run. Yeah, we were, talk, we were talking him up as a potential, like uh, talking up how well he was playing. Yeah, what? And he was. What happened, boys? I'm with um, tight headlock Drew Launchbury. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. just no excuse for it. There's no excuse for that for that performance. They should be ashamed of themselves, actually. Like, and I know what they'll do because this is this is rugby. They go, you know, we'll do, we've taken our learnings. The boys came in on Monday. There's a great attitude. No, it's an absolute disgrace, and you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think Saracens were, were just outstanding. Um, 
Yeah. They really they really were like they really were great. Quinn's very, very poor. How much of that is Quinn's being poor? How much of that is Sar- Saracens just making them look so poor? Saracens can get under your skin like nobody else. <laughs> they really can. I mean, when Sale were on their run, not this season, but not last season, but the season before. Do you remember when uh, Tompkins, of course, really got to Byron McGuigan? Like, they can do yeah, that. Like, yeah. like, that's where all the clapping comes from. You know, when you see Ben Earl celebrating knock-ons and whatnot, yeah. and they're all going wild, or all the Saracens lads are, that's what they do. They go wild, and you're thinking, who are these idiots? We hate them so much. And you hate them even more when they win, and then it just breeds contempt, and you can't deal with it. You're fighting yourself rather than Saracens <laughs> towards the end. Uh, no, knowing that Phil went to... Did you both go to Lancaster? No. No, no, just Phil. I Phil, did, yeah, Phil went yeah. to Lancaster. Oh, no, no, that's right, you went to Bristol. Um, so Phil went to last, Lancaster Uni. I was coaching Manchester Metropolitan against your... your oh, Lancaster my old boys. boys. They, they had a good win, and I had, to, I, had to, I had exactly that. Even as the coach, I just had to take some deep breaths and just go... Let it go, let yeah. it go, let it go, because loads of the lads on the touchline who were there on on the piss, yeah, yeah. going along with them on the road trips. I it made me miss those uni road trips so much. Oh, it's good fun, so much good fun. Um, and some of them had the ski masks and all that sort of shit. Anyway, <laughs> so they were really, they're really good crack. But every single tiny little thing, they would all go woo, woo, <laughs> yeah, and just <laughs> make it got <laughs> under my skin. I like it as a player. I like it. You're doing well. I like it. You like it when it's um, your team doing yeah. it for you and things are going well. When the opposition oh. are doing it, when you drop the ball and the yeah. opposition are wooing in your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's horrible. Pure Saracens behaviour. Yeah. And yeah. Saracens, you mentioned Ben Earl. Saracens, I'll just put Ben Earl on the bench. England's number eight. Just, just rest him for this big derby match. Well, he's on crutches. Huh? He's on crutches. What? It, that's why he got rested because he, uh, he was on crutches. Uh, was it? He was on the bench, wasn't he? Or did he get injured in the warm up? I, I think he either got injured in the warm up or I thought I. I uh, he's definitely on crutches. Injured. Is he? Yes. Oh. And pro- possibly uh, we don't know the severity of the injury, but it didn't look great. Oh. So knee. Oh. We, we might just that's not talk good. At this point, about the Saracens deals which are coming up. Yes. Which you referenced before, too. So one one marquee player they're allowed now, not two. So yep. uh, by by that inference, Maruitoji and Owen Farrell are the two marquee players. They're going to retain Owen Farrell as the marquee player on the big bucks, and Maruitoji therefore cannot be paid what he's currently being paid. And do you know what he's been paid? Eight hundred k is the rumor. Yeah, R- and we, R- rumor. And, oh and we know is he worth eight hundred k? Well, we we know his as a marquee. Com- it's like Nigel Ray's cash, isn't it, or his family's cash, or whatever. Yes, or like but image, image rights deal I don't know yeah so the image rights deal but then you've got to be really careful because the image rights that are linked to the club have uh, if it's linked to the club it has to be within the cap mm. um, but you've got this murky deal because we know from the um, was it the Dyson report the Saracens salary cap investigation that Marrow was paid I, think, I seem to remember it was 900k for say I mean, twenty-five or thirty percent of his image something rights, like something like, like yeah. which now does seem like a steal. Um, yeah. It seems like a steal at the time. To be fair, Maru probably getting some bad advice on that. But if if Maru Itoji goes, I mean, I'm totally up for it. just on the basis that we have no money, or that money is running short, and there's talk about um, I think extra the rumor club who've had some payroll issue and uh, haven't been able to pay Exeter have been late paying their players yes. at least twice right mm. at least twice and okay. both times it's been down to like a bank problem administrative administrative issues. I mean I've, it's never happened in my work ever happened in, in, in your work no ever happened in your work no yeah so like you you heard this from 
Worcester, didn't you? Oh, it's a bank. It's an image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't happen. It just does not happen. So I hope to God it is just an administrative error. I mean, I, I love Exeter and I want them to stay around for as long as possible. But um, that's it's, really, but, really but, worrying. But the broader point was, I'm totally happy if there are some very, very wealthy Frenchmen that want to pay these players. This is my to, point. To, years know, ago, this, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your point with as a, as a yeah. Welsh as a Welsh fan. Get, you get like, rid of these players. Get them out yeah, of here. Get them out of here. Yeah, um, but then you've got to, as an England fan, you've got to say we've got to do something different with eligibility for England. There will exactly mm. there will be a critical mass at which point it's unavoidable to not change the rules on. Yeah. On eligibility. Well, we saw Joe Hawkins play today, didn't we? Yeah. In, um, for Exeter. He got one of the match. And he's not eligible for Wales, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. That, that is crazy, considering Wales have even less money than the RFU. And he took the Exeter deal when, four teams. Was, when they were all getting huddled into hotel rooms going, we, you may not have a job next year. Yeah. It's insane. And not only that, yeah. they think that... That they is exceptional circumstances. ...before he got his cap, so it actually shouldn't matter. So he'd be an, un, be an uncut player. So anyway, uh, farce. So Mario is going to take a pay cut of £400,000. If, 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 if he, he stays, stays at Saracens. Saracens. Yeah. And it'll be a real litmus test. But, I mean, it's gar- it'll, it'll be guaranteed to get, like, 250 That's probably market rate for him, though, isn't it? Like, well, well no, market rate in England. Let's just yeah. say he won't get any more than that in England. Let's take the Mario brand out of this, right? Let's just yeah. not call him Mario. Let's make him look like Charlie Yules, right? So it just, it's Charlie Yules that plays like Mario, Mario Atoji. No, go go on, go on better. Um, who's Beaumont? Well, Beaumont, but plays like Mar. Well, no, Mar- let's, Mar- who's who's the next best lock in England? Because actually, because you're comparing him to guys, Johnny Hill. No, no, I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, like, if yeah. Maro played like Maro, yeah, what would you pay him? Uh, but he wasn't Maro. Yeah. Well, the, well, there's a distinction it's, to be drawn. If Maro played like Maro has done for the last year and a half, up before the World Cup, if, yeah, yeah. And then, isn't it interesting? I'm, I'm not. There could be there could be a relationship between a contract running out and suddenly he's playing really well again. It's mm. it's um, it actually being hit in the pocket is a good way to incentivize you to give your all, training and otherwise. Yeah, so I, I just I, I don't even think it's worth four hundred thousand in today's climate. It's well, to, with, in, with, in with England, a five million salary cap, I wouldn't spend yeah, that much yeah. on him because if he was on, so. He's worth whatever he can get, and fair play to him. Yeah, get whatever yeah. you can. But to another Premiership club, so he probably is worth. Let's let's just say four hundred k. He probably is, but the problem is for him to get paid any more than that. Uh, he can't be a marquee player anywhere else than Saracens. Yeah, he is, according to reports, not going to be a marquee player at Saracens. Therefore, you're asking a team to take ten percent of their whole playing budget for one player. Yeah, it's who's not outside the salary cap? Therefore, no one is worth that. And he's no, not, it's not a player in the in the league who's not worth a that big in current market. Either. That's the other thing. He's more of a, he's more of a flanker. He's 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 a very very good player. But, very good player. But he's not. You're right. He's not like a Will Skelton. So uh, Will Skelton size and Etzebeth, um There's there's only a handful, there's a handful of guys that I'd pay 400k for. Morrow's not one. Yeah, uh, because he doesn't. He doesn't have unusual size. He does have unusual power and unusual athleticism, he works athleticism well. and his ability. Oh, he's, he's his ability player. to read the game. Yeah. yeah, but like that's not rare, is it? The, well, the hard, hard the work, yeah, yeah, hard work is not rare. Hard work's not rare. His combination of athleticism, ability to read the game in both in lineout setups, in defence, yeah. and in, just in the attack. raw physical attributes as well. Yeah. He's an yeah. exceptional player, but no, no player's worth 500k in England. Very few. He could, he could be worth more than that in France. 
he looked damn fine in my beloved uh, Bordeaux's He looked jersey. very fine at Racing. He'd look fine anyway. It, it Racing, would really suit him, Racing. La Rochelle. Yeah. Racing would really suit him, actually, right? It'd be perfect. That's just the perfect match. Yeah. Racing is the best match. <sighs> yes, I like, I, I like that idea. It would just be interesting to see if all the Saracens' loyalty does actually sh- um, shine through. If it, this is the real has, thing. This... It has for a lot of players. I, 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 I strongly if, believe I it is. Stay. I wonder if they switch this around. And I wonder if Saracens are thinking this. Or are they just saying, right, we're keeping Owen because he's Owen? And that's the decision done. Or one thing going to be a bit more, sell them both out. Look, if you had 400k, would you stay? Would, would you <laughs> stay? And then just give it to the one who says they wouldn't. As is captain of England. Yeah. So if... Uh, well, who would you, if, if you had to, if, uh, like, uh, we'd probably agree, mate, we wouldn't spend that amount of money on, on, on either necessarily. No, um, I wouldn't. But um, if you had to spend your money on one one player, who would you spend your money on? Oh, those two? Reluctantly, I'd have to say Farrell. I, I'd I, say I, Farrell in a heartbeat. I would as well. I mean, if it was Farrell or, say, Will Skelton, who actually <laughs> was at Saracens. He was at Saracens. I yeah. would give it to Will Skelton. Well, Will Skelton is almost... There are th- three Will Skeltons. Yeah. Mind you, there's only... Um, I, now Johnny Sexton has retired. Of the kind of um, fly half who will control the game in the same way, there's only a handful of those guys. Yeah, I was going to say... Pollard if, if, being if, one of them. Two Saracens, if everyone was suddenly available... And you could you could let Owen Farrell's contract expire and fill that marquee spot with someone else. Yeah, who who would who would occupy who would take that? I think they'd be quite smart about it. I don't think it'd be necessarily someone that you th- think of. No, it wouldn't be a Pollard. I was going to say like Eben Etzebeth would be a, the kind. Oh of right, sorry. Yeah. Not no, yeah, like, like, yeah. like if everyone was suddenly available and you could you could let Owen Farrell's contract expire and use that marquee spot for anyone. Who who would the guys that would be on your shopping list of potential candidates? And what, that, that, that you would take instead of Peter Steph the toy. Peter Steph the toy is a good shout. Yes, I, I, I mm, that's, yes. I mean, yes. I, I wonder about him week to week to week because it's interesting. He's playing in Japan. He's had a very, yeah. very serious injury. He's playing in Japan, and as a result, the number of games he actually plays in a year has gone down dramatically, which I think is fantastic mm. for him. For him and eking out uh, extra years on his career yeah. with his sixty-year-old hamstring tendon. If it wasn't Peter Steph the toy. Ardi Surveyor might be quite high up on my list. But again, yeah, not unusual then, enough. And Ardi Surveyor, so you've got... Reta- um, got ben- Whitelock White or Retalak. But you, you take a lock over a 10. Because yeah. this is... Locks, why, what, that, why then would you... You just said a minute ago that you would... Because he's not the you, right lock. You would let Itoji go, but... Yeah, not, he's not the right it's lock. The, it's the tight head lock is... They're so unique, the tight head lock. So, like... What's the what's the boy at Toulouse? Is it Miaf? Oh, uh, M- M- Emmanuel Emmanuel Mayafu. Mayafu, yeah. Uh, now a French citizen. Yes. Yep. Him, Will Skelton, Etzebeth. Uh, the other French guy, South African, Paul Valemsa. Yeah. Who's been injured too frequently? Aweni Antonio. He's apparently having a, having a U-turn and playing for France again. Who is he? Yeah. Mm. yeah those... oh, I just remembered he used to play lock. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He did actually. Those are the guys that I spend four hundred thousand thousand on. But very, the, the, yeah, there's not many of them. I think you'd struggle to get those guys for four hundred. I, w- I wouldn't go for a winger. I wouldn't swap Owen Farrell for a winger. No, nope. Of like, of like outstanding um, physical um, specimens. Someone like Rico Yuani is, yeah, absolutely exceptional. Or, um, or uh, Ardis Fay that you mentioned before. But how Ardis Fay is better than Ben Earl and Andy Christie. Yeah, but he's not like he's not two or three times their salary better than yeah, those and guys. He's not. Um, Completely different to them either. Isn't no, it? no, he's 
He's um, a Kiwi version of Lewis Ludlam. Yeah. And Lewis Ludlam is a superb player. Ben Earl is a superb player. He, and he's, he's off what? to Toulon. Do you know what I think the Toulouse, only... uh, Toulon. Mm. Oh, yeah. I think the reason I had that conversation is because, yes, there are players you might go, well, I might take that one. But I think it actually... That's a reverse way of basically going bloody hello and Farrell's a good player because well, there's not many people that I would the, the, I would swap that marquee well, spot there, for. I mean, he's also there's also other factors involved. Like he knows the system. He probably built the system. Yeah, um, he's valuable to their fans. I mean, we were talking about Exeter, weren't we, the other day? Um, being an Exeter fan is difficult because all the lads that you know, grown up with, they've all gone. Yeah, and that's really really difficult. So actually, Owen Farrell is worth a lot of money to somebody else, but probably nowhere near as much as he is worth to Saracens yeah, and fair. the fabric of that team. Yeah, the the other one would be a um, world class tight head prop, which we mentioned. Uini Antonio talking about Ty Furlong, uh, Franz Malherbe, someone of that ilk, mm. and then because again. You can name on one hand the, the yeah, real I mean, world class. You can remember as well, can't you? Like how influential a loose head prop was, like for Ox Nishi, yeah, or for Leicester when Ayotza was in his prime. Yeah, it yeah. made a huge difference that they could have Ayotza, or they could have Castro Giovanni when he was go- going great guns. I mean, it made a huge difference. Yeah. Mm. So yes, yeah, someone like that who is unique. Yeah, and there's a there's a big drop off. So like from. Franz Malherb to the next best tight head from a scrummaging perspective, there is a bit of a drop off. Just ask Kyle Sinclair. Who was the Dan one Cole. that I absolutely loved? And he's fallen off the face of the earth a bit. He used to pay for Larachal, looks like an absolute superhero, went to Leon. He's got the beard, black guy. Uh, Dave, Danny Prizzo. Danny Prizzo, unreal. So he's a loose head, isn't he? Yeah, unreal. Yeah, it's, um, the, the one player that I thought was going to take Luini Antonio's mantle. And obviously he it hasn't come to fruition, which is why Fabian Galtier is like, please don't retire yet. Uh, is Denver Bamba? Yes. Yeah. Good try. He's, he, I bet he's still quite young. Yeah. Because he came yeah, through age fair. twenty. Yeah. He he did make the French World Cup squad when someone pulled out. Did he? Yeah. He, he got did. called up. Uh, he is at Lyon, I think. Mm. Denver Bamba is currently at Lyon, and he is. Oh my goodness! He's only twenty-five. Yeah. Yeah, You're right, Phil. So yeah, he, he broke through age. I'm sure he's 20 or 21 when he kind of broke oh, through. Oh, he's got plenty. And of time who was the other guy? The yeah, eight oh, he's got played. 10 years. And there's an eight that played at the same time, Patrick something, and he hasn't really made the French team. Or I've never heard of him since. Actually, I'm sure if you watch French rugby, you'll know him. But and, the, one, and, the one who didn't never kicked on, who was jo- supreme, was Joseph. Jordan Joseph. Jordan, Jordan, yeah, Joseph. sorry, that's Rassing. Yeah. Rassing. Yeah, that's yeah. What I'm thinking of. And he was playing for the French on the 20s, age 18. Uh, which is some going, because the French under-20s is a hell of a team. Yeah, he is 23 currently and playing at Racing. Started, yeah. started at the weekend uh, in, oh, the really? Paris, in the Paris derby, which they won away from home at Stade Francais. Uh, Joe March and Stade Francais. Henry, yeah. Arundel, Henry Arundel was on the, on bench, the bench for Racing for that one. Yeah. Mm. So, um, who shall we talk about next? Who, what else was a good game? There's a, the, the Exeter game was class. The Exeter game was class. Friday night game, Bath-Bristol was... It was a, a hell of a game. Um, not always the the highest skill levels, and not least of which because there were eighty um, percent of the kicks in the final twenty five minutes were missed. There was three missed kicks from Sheedy and uh, one from Finn Russell, and one successful from Finn Russell to close out the game. Yeah, he, uh, 
I, but it I was still a great game. I love the fact that all the narratives are being uh, like Finn Russell's. And I, I get it. What what a star to have in the Premiership, which is fantastic. But I love when I read the because I'd watched the game and then I read the report and it said Finn Russell seals victory with kick. They sort of made everything about Finn Russell. I was like mm. he was good. He was he was good, but his kick from in front of the posts. He fluffed. That he, so yeah, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't quite. The, I thought Bath were going to win this by. 20 points yeah. 10 to 20 points um, about 30 minutes in but a good tell for which way a game is going to go is how much pressure has the opposition absorbed without conceding a point so Bath looked like dynamite uh, I tell you what um, Lawrence first Ollie half La- was superb Ollie Lawrence's highlights of that first half are amazing he was yeah. so good he was great the break for the Ben Spencer try hit the line for his try the break down the right hand wing for I think it led to his his try. Were all phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, the second best player on that field, f- first half, was um, why can I not remember names today? <laughs> uh, outside centre, who's, who's French, who, who plays for Vakatawa. Vakatawa, thank you. He was yeah, also superb. He, he made some lovely breaks. And as I wonder well. what happens to him because he retired because he was not fit to play. Well, I have news for you. He's playing lo- lovely rugby. I, so I think it was an insurance thing in France. They ref- because he had a heart issue in France, they refused to insure him. And he went and had independent checks in the UK and has got insurance in the UK to play, which probably the stance from the French authorities remains. French authorities uh, and or insurance companies. So, so he may could be, not play him. Yeah, Imagine if he is around for the next World Cup. I mean, he's 32-ish now, isn't he? Yeah, he so, might be 31, 32. So. But he could do a job for, I don't know, Fiji, Fiji perhaps. I mean, it's um, Going back to Bath, one of the things I quite like, and I guess it's no surprise, you Finn Russell gets in and you let the boys play. But Johan van Graan, who's generally, in his coaching tenure, has been quite a rigid, structured... Yeah, pragmatist. Pragmatist. He's actually letting the boys play. Well, you don't have a choice, do you? No, exactly. You sign Finn <laughs> Russell, you, <laughs> let, you, you let the boys play. Yeah, so there's a, <laughs> I think Bobby Robson's book uh, talks about how he, uh, how his star player was patient like six times more than him, which is Romero at the time. Like, you can't not... Do what he says. You, know, you can't keep that guy on the bench because that's where the money is. So once Finn Russell was told, sorry, once Van Graham was told that he had to have Finn Russell, everything he planned probably is out the window. Finn Russell said that Johan Van Graan is the man that sold Bath to him. Well, there we go. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows? But they are playing. They're, they're, they're playing okay. They're playing okay. And that, you know, that backline is delicious, isn't it? Yeah. Finn Russell, Red Path, who I'm a fan of, Lawrence, who is. I mean, and to transition away from, I mean, I think that backline is almost as good as when they're in their prime with Ford, Eastman, and Joseph. It's that good, and with with Ajomo as well. Ajomo, what a what a Who's beast! Lovely, what a beast! Yeah, well, you get the good and the bad with Finn. You get some amazing bits and pieces. You get the miss kick in front of the sticks. You get the intercept, which nearly cost the game. I was going to say, I'll dovetail back again and. In a, in a premiership, who would you have as your 10 if you could only have Russell or Farrell? Uh, Russell. It's not close for me. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one because of what exactly what Phil just yeah, said. Yeah, there's, I would, there's things that only he can do, but then there's the, the bar at both ends is both higher and lower. Uh, don't die wondering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bath will, will not this year. No, they're not. But that, that Mainland's try, the intercept that led to the Mainland's try, that nearly won the game for Bristol. Mm. Yeah, it was... Um, 
when you you do get you get both ends of the spectrum. That was a great try as well. All those oh, it's lovely, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'll give Bristol some credit because I don't like doing this, but they did seem to adjust their game plan to shut down Bath to midfield. So Bath to midfield were running riots first half, and second half you just didn't see them. Mm. And I tell you what, a, a player that I'm very suspicious of at the moment, and I'm probably I'm sure I said this last week, but I was watching Barbary again this week. Um, I think I think his his card is marked. I don't see what the fuss is about now. I saw it as a kid. And we, He's we, had some serious injuries, hasn't he? But do you know what worries me about him? He doesn't look well-conditioned. And you'd think after an injury you'd be in the best shape of your life. That's the worrying part. Yeah, but it's, if it's a knee injury, yeah. it, and then it's, well, are you back fully back up to speed? Like... If if you have got any injury, you can't properly train. No, you can't do the con- you can't, you can't do, do the, the same condition. Condition. You can do boxing conditioning, but yeah. you can't do. Yeah, I want to say conditioning. I mean, he just looks heavy. Yeah, he does. I mean? He does he look. Doesn't heavy. look he looks like he should be playing front row. Yeah, it's hard to remember. Yeah, you, it, it seems a long time ago that every time he was on the pitch, he was just the catalyst for things happening. Yeah, he's got the build of someone who um, is like a really good level five player. <laughs> I, I, I don't say that as like. Well, yeah, I guess it is an insult. That's, that's what he looks like to me. He's a really good level five player. Two other bits to mention in this game. One, is it now? Is this the fourth uh, Rich Lane, Callum Sheedy to Rich Lane crossfield kick of the yeah. season, which they are using um, to great effect? I like Rich Lane as well. Where's he from? Is he Coventry or something? He was Bedford. Yeah, he was. Championship. We need, championship. We need to talk about the championship in a bit. Yes, we do. I've got. I've, that's why I was going to bring that up. Thank you, Phil. The other thing, first half, Bristol made a great break. It went down the right and they quickly spun it left. Piers O'Connor and I'm not even sure who was on the wing had a two-on-two, but two Bath defenders went to Piers O'Connor, which meant there was... Ah, it might have been it might have been Rich Lane, actually, in the corner. And Piers O'Connor didn't give the pass and tried to yes. run over two men five yards from Bath's line. That was... It's one of the most blatant butchered tries that I've seen for a long, <laughs> long time. Piers O'Connor, who just not seen enough of rec- uh, in recent years, actually. No, and he, we actually saw him. He did. He did very well to get involved in the game from the from the wing. Yeah, I thought he did all right. Um, there was there was some good and bad. He made some good carries. He got stuck in. He missed Lawrence for Lawrence's try. He fell off him when Lawrence kind of cut back against the green, and that. That two on one, or two, it was a two on two, but it was effectively a two on one, was such a bad miss. Tell you what, tell you what makes, tell you what fills my heart with joy. Absolutely fills it with joy. I know what you're going to say here. Well, Bristol losing, and losing with the last play of the game being um, Ellis Genge pleading with the ref that it wasn't a knock on. I mean, it was just <laughs> awesome to watch. Sir, honestly, would I lie to you? It's not gone back. Yes, it has. Yes, it has gone, gone, gone forward. Game over. It was glorious. <laughs> Panning over to Pat Lamb. I was watching, just waiting for Pat Lamb's interview. Couldn't wait for it. Couldn't wait for it. <laughs> oh, fair play, Bath. Yeah, fair play. I reckon, yeah, before we talk about any specific games, there, are, there have been some other stories. I just... Um, I was reading the rugby paper earlier and it made me wonder if I reckon Rob Baxter listens to this podcast. Of course he does. <laughs> not, not, not because what he's saying is something we've said, but, but just because I reckon his values and his view of the game chimes with ours. Because our listenership is a compact, well, it's not that compact at all, actually, um, but influential bunch. Mm. Yeah. Yes. That is definitely true. And uh, Rob Baxter, in a quote, was just his basic thrust was, it was a really interesting article, but... 
the 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 the, um, the headline just says Baxter focus on the good stuff, <laughs> and Rob Baxter is basically making the point in this just oh. how much negativity is there in the press and from all the people within rugby, and he's basically making the point that you always say, JB, it's not hard to sell this if you just sell this. Yeah, he's, he's, he said, "quote." We need to stop and focus on the quality of rugby being played, which is fantastic. Loads of good young players playing great rugby. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. And I'm, t- and I'm talking as a game, not just premiership teams, the RFU, reporters, television companies. There's a lot we can do to, that will encourage people to come to matches. He's basically st- saying <coughs> the general negativity, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, the general negativity around mean, means we need to become more aligned so, and, and that will help generate the positivity that the game needs. Uh, he's talking about the attendances at Exeter. We were only referencing mm. the potential. We don't know how if there's any financial issues, but attendances generally are down. They've, already, they've got three games, fewer, two fewer home games, three, mm. fewer, three home, fewer home games home games a season. Which, and, which could cost them a million pounds of, of revenue. Exactly. And less expectation of reaching the knockout stages of Europe. So it's it's a massive issue for these clubs, and and Rob Baxter's general point is, for God's sake, there's so much good stuff to talk about. Stop talking about all the all the negative stuff. It's, it's not needed. And, and dovetailing into that, unless you wanted to, nope. just, no, I'm, just, I'm uh, enjoying it. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry for um, highlighting Piers O'Connor's uh, blown chance in the corner. <laughs> just isn't it bad timing for the director of rugby at Exeter to be saying that saying this well, when we know what's going to come down. The line, which we'll be talking about later, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Stick a pin in Do we, Yeah. Stick a pin in We will definitely touch on that. The uh, the championship yes. have unanimously rejected the RFU's plan to turn it into a Premiership 2 franchise league, which is a pretty big blow for RFU chief exec Bill Sweeney. Re- and, and Resign. His, his chances of delivering his eight-year professional game partnership. So the 11 clubs have got together and... Yeah, I've, I've come back. I've come back to the RFU and said that unanimously they're not on board with the RFU's plans. They've got major questions, a number of them. They don't like the the, the franchise element where that they can be just jettisoned or mm. brought in on the basis of non-rugby meritocracy. They they don't believe or aren't convinced that there's actually going to be promotion relegation to the Premiership. Yeah. And those are just a couple of a number of issues that they have. Yeah, they they want it to be the top. This is direct quote. They want the championship to be at the top of the competitive pyramid of England, open to all clubs who have the ability, aspiration, and ambition to compete in it. So they're saying that, by inference, you can say that the Premiership is not, and in this future model, will not be that. It will not yeah. be open to all. Yeah. Be careful with the championship because I've got a feeling one day it will be the highest level of rugby. In England, <laughs> I really think that. I really think that the Premiership it, it feels this weekend like it's ticking over nicely. The games were great to watch, and it's sometimes easy to forget the underlying systemic problems that it has. But they still exist, and when they come to fruition, which they inevitably will in the next three or four years, the Championship will still be there. And if it's sustainable, even with small squads, if they just you know if they can just hang on in there, there could be a bright mm. future for them. So yeah, so Bill Sweeney saying English rugby's on the cusp of something quite spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Just just a related story because we mentioned the uh, 
if you have three fewer home games per year, that could cost you as much as a million pounds. It could cost you even more than that, potentially. But it's in that region. Mm-hmm. It's close to a seven-figure sum for most clubs. Did you see there was the Le- Leicester Tigers accounts were published last week, I think? Did you see anything from that? No. Because no. there was there was two... Um, I didn't go into it in much detail, but two things I noticed. One, I think it was one point, about £1.5 million pounds Leicester lost last year. Which is yes, I saw that there's been more money injected by the owners. Yeah, which is not that surprising. It's broadly consistent with most of the teams in the league at the moment. Yeah, so you've got to have owners willing to uh, throw one oh, wait, plus if, million if pounds onto the fire. A million quid in. That's pretty good for for a Premiership rugby team. Well, um, the other thing of interest was there was one million pounds exactly of. Um, I can't remember how they phrased it in the reports, but let's let's say um, unanticipated revenue in that period. Oh, I know where this might be. Yes, which it didn't state from what I read what that was, but I think we all know what that was. Yeah. Uh, A certain buyout of certain individuals' Leicester contracts, namely Borthwick, Sinfield and Walters. Yes. So so it would have been a 2.5 million, but you'd have to be contributing 2.5 million had you not got... 2.5 million of your taxed income. uh, Had you not got a million pounds from the RFU for your coaches. Yeah, it's a hell of a lot of money to pay pay for a hobby. And and that is the club who has the biggest capacity ground and generally the highest attendances across the year. Crazy, isn't it? Yes. Absolutely crazy. And they can't make money. They can't make money. Yep. So yeah, not. It's not in I a good position. I wonder where the twenty-two million pound per year is going to come from from the women's game then. <laughs> the money coming from the owners, so I guess well, um, they could dig a bit deeper. The RFU said um, uh, revenue yeah, sponsorship deals was going to make up. That's right. Yeah, one hundred and fifty million of the two hundred and twenty over the ten yeah, years, something like that's, that. That sounds. There's no. I've got no reason to question that that will come to fruition. <laughs> Can't wait for it. It's going to be. It's going to be a great day. <laughs> um, this thing happened this week. Oh, one of the female players didn't get um, boots. Did you see that story? Okay, no, that was, <laughs> I didn't see that story. <laughs> that was a Twitter story. Is, is, this that week. A sto- is that a story? Oh yeah, it was. It was huge on. It was huge on Twitter this week. Someone, I'm so glad I don't spend time on Twitter. <laughs> I, do you know the, these stories? Find me. I'm not on Twitter, but I got a screenshot of this um, Twitter meltdown. I, all I do is go on and check uh, DMs from time to time. Has our has our Twitter account changed? Uh, Someone told me the other day that our Twitter account is now my Twitter account. I think I think I may have changed it to your name when you were tweeting some stuff. And I've been tweeting for like six months. No, no, but I, it might have been done six months ago. I think it might have been. It might have been at a time when I'm like, um, do you know what? Rather than have an argument, let me just make it absolutely clear. This is JB saying this. Not me. I don't even have the, don't even have the password for it. Uh, okay, well, sure we can sort that. No, I go on every now and again to check the DMs, and um, again, preempting some uh, some of the conversation we may have later in the podcast. Um, the the rug the rugby community are amazing, and I just the last I, I got a DM earlier from a chap who, and this rugby's like this, and we get this all the time. He, he's just gone. I I, I heard you say on uh, you might be going to South Africa um, 
in the summer to watch watch the island tour. If you're there, I've got a, I've got a place. Just oh, uh, I've, yeah. I've got a place in Cape Town. You, you're more than welcome. I'll put you up. Amazing. Oh, oh, sh- all the rest. It's like we've got a new listener in Canada who I'm linked to on LinkedIn. Uh, we've also got someone very influential. I, I won't mention the company. Well, yeah. Well, the person that got in touch with me, a, a very. I'll tell you, like his job. It's like well, yes. It's like uh, yeah. I'd quite like to come to your place in Cape Town. <laughs> so <laughs> that'd be uh, nice. We've got a brand new friend in Toronto, Canada. Um, which sounds awesome if you want to go watch some rugby there. And also we've got a listener who came back to me about something I said about a deal and um, they are in charge of, well, a very major institution to say that, no, no, that what you said about the deal isn't correct. We're not involved. We're not involved in, in, in that. So, yeah, there's, um, we've got all sorts of people out there. Well, it's, a, it's some proper substance in, among the audience, isn't it? It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. and, and as always... Uh, don't, don't feel um, intimidated to, to get in touch with an follow, email. Follow us on link, on LinkedIn too, because I put quite a lot of stuff yeah, on Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Beardmore on LinkedIn and um, contactheadchasers at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Love to hear from you. Got some more great emails this week. And I, I am using Twitter at the moment, but only to uh, uh, view and review the Sam Altman memes. Because they are, <laughs> Tell me the story. They are, they're I, on I have, fire. I saw this. I, I know he got ousted and now he's back from his that's, job yeah well, he's back yeah so yesterday or friday he got fired from so this is the uh, ceo and one of the founders of OpenAI, which is the company behind chat, chat GPT. gpt and others i think that i think open ai um or chat gpt is the software behind bard which is bing's so google funds it uh, sorry not google microsoft funds it um so a very, very big player in that world. We were just talking about AI last week, yeah. um, actually. So he, he got fired by the board. His co-founders all seemed to um, rally behind him and quit a lot at the same time, basically tearing apart the um, functional leadership uh, that sits adjacent to or underneath the board. And then the board seemed to have done a U-turn and are now realizing the error of their ways and are bringing him back so wow but there's been some uh spicy and very funny memes yeah, some memes yeah so, sometimes an event just attracts memes and it's it's wonderful yeah that was the one which i absolutely loved hmm can't remember it'll do, come back to me do you know what on one thing i was tracking it, again this it's it's disappointing to say this bearing in mind something we, we will go on and talk about later in the podcast but the the level of interaction on rugby on Twitter is just like on the actual substantive rugby on the pitch is like just it's not there for rugby it's just not there it's not there there. unless there's a big flare up uh, talking point that's got nothing to do with rugby but is just tangentially associated with rugby and then it will then it will go off as we will talk about later but the actual rugby itself people aren't talking about it there's lots of people who want to um sell the greatest investment opportunity the world's ever seen. Oh, yeah, what would that be? But other than that, <laughs> other than that, not much. We've only had some spare cash to put. That should be, what was the South African franchise that was owned by a guy who had the greatest company in the world? Yeah. Oh. They, they should do that. They should call it the, the greatest investment opportunity in the world. I tell you what. That was the Southern Kings, I think. Southern Kings. Based out it. of PE, Port Elizabeth. Somebody yeah. has sent me a video of Grift Nation's like, promotional... Um, it's like it's not even it's like a documentary. It must last like fifteen minutes of Griff Nation doing their thing. <laughs> this is uh, Rock Nation, Mario Toji, and the Beast, and yeah. others 
publicity company. Yes. Um, which is owned by Jay-Z. Yes. So Jay-Z is like the overall owner. And then there's a guy. What is his name? Um, Michael. Oh, come back to me in a minute. Oh, I don't know. Incredibly snappy dresser. Uh, he's so cringeworthy. Like from what? Sorry, say again. Go back. Uh, the Griff, uh, the, the, Rock Nation. The, the guy who heads Griff Nation UK. What on earth is his name? <laughs> Griff Nation. It's uh, anyway. You've got to see this video. It is. What is his name? Doesn't matter. Doesn't uh, matter. Anyway. 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 You, you've got to watch this video. You've got to watch this video. Well, so oh, he's yeah, like a. The guy's like mid fifties, and um, he deals with professional athletes. So it's sort of it's cataloging his day. And like his, he, he starts his day at six a.m. with a workout. Nothing wrong with that. We we all do that. It's not particularly special, um, but he's working out. He's like, yeah, because I deal with professional athletes. I've got to be a professional athlete. It is one of the most cringeworthy things you've ever seen. <laughs> and then they do like this leadership conference, and they're following him. It's a good job, by the way. Like prison guards, don't don't do that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, work, <laughs> I work with criminals, therefore I must be a criminal. And by the way, if you're a rugby player, you don't want to be represented by another rugby player. That's the last person you want representing you. That's why you pay somebody else. I want a lawyer. Michael Yormack. Your, I've just found him, yeah, Michael yeah, he, Yormack. I love his dress sense. Your mark. You, his you, dress sense is incredible. Well, uh, it's snappy. On videos, can I... Uh, so I, there was a message that came through on one of uh, the Broughton Park Youth Rugby Collective groups, and I, I had a little bit of a... <sighs> took a deep breath before I hit play on a video that we got sent, because I was expecting... Oh, here we go. Anyway, it, it's basically a, 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 our club are signing up to be part of the Star Scheme. Uh, star Scheme and Hutch. Star <laughs> Very good. Um, it's a, a, it's a name, names a person in our club will we'll be delivering a presentation in the clubhouse next Sunday, the 26th at 12.30pm. You're all invited, blah, 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 blah. The aims are to increase participation in the mini and junior section, offer training, blah, all that sort of stuff. I click press, press play on the video and... The face you were just pulling, you're pulling now, is the face that I was pulling as I pressed play. I was like, oh, what's this going to be? But basically, it's this little scheme that's been started from the grassroots up by Chew Valley Rugby Club in Bristol. And it's like a breath of fresh air, Jay, honestly. Oh, go because on. they're basically saying um, that they have this little video and it's from the point of view of the... Um, uh, they have a little bit with a coach, a little bit with a player, a little bit with a mum. And the point they're making is... If you're from a bit of a, if you've had a bit of a, a rough start, or if you've got a bit of aggression as a young lad, and you want to get it out, and if you want to channel it in the right place and in the right way, and if you want to ha- have a place where you might have positive male role models, all of those sorts of things, because this is I, I I worked in Bristol for a bit, and, I, and you know Bristol, yeah, like you know, there's some there's, there's some rough kids like this. Very. This would be this would be like you know, they they chat to one lad who's kind of like had family that were in trouble with the law, with the law and stuff like you can sort of see that oh this is like Ellis Genge yeah again and um and they're actually saying it was like making a case for rugby for for all of the positive things going back to Rob Baxter says it's like if rugby can be an amazing out it was just saying all the positive things yeah yeah I, that weren't all the tick boxy stuff it well, was great I see that. it was great yeah well, that's, what's what's it called then a star scheme oh, interesting and, and hutch and, and Hutch, yeah. and if if, yeah. you, if you listen to Genge talking about exactly that stuff, he's a he's a very good advocate for yeah, rugby, it, the positive side of rugby. That's when he's at his most compelling. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um, 
Back to my no, not not when he's a, not when he's appealing for not a knock on at the end of a yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, he I love that with his little cry face. <laughs> <laughs> not a knock on, sir. Honestly, um, yeah. So Michael, back to Michael Yormack, right? So his central claim to why he's so invested in rugby is Sia Khaleesi. This is his central claim. Mm. He claims he knew nothing about the game until one day he turned on the World Cup in Japan and saw Sia Khaleesi play the game, and then from that point he was hooked. Now, this to me sounds like a one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Little bit of a lie, because if you watched South Africa, Sealy Cleese is a fine player, but he does not stand out for South Africa. No. If you're watching, right, unless you, unless this man, he's never watched the game, but he happens to be like an intricate rook specialist, <laughs> despite never watching the game. That's maybe like, Khaleesi... It, it wasn't Justin Corby, no? No, that's not the guy, no? And not, not Dialandi? No, no, not him. And not Faf? Yeah, not Faf. Not that guy who stands out like a mile. Yeah, and not Etzebeth. Uh, or Peter Seftatoy. Yeah, like, yeah. Anyone who's ever watched rugby in their life can see a collection of players. I think, or genuinely, I think Seacalese would be number... You probably wouldn't know... Oh, well, in the... Fifth t- bottom. Yeah, in the 23. Because, like, guys coming off the bench, like, uh, Quagga Smith is... Yeah. In, or, yes. Or, yes. Ox, Oxniche. Oxniche coming off the bench. If you're inspired by, by Khaleesi, but you've not noticed Quagga Smith, you're mental. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're mental. Yeah, if, if he'd come up with a reason, he's like, um, do you know, if he just used statistically and said the difference between a South Africa team, how, how a South Africa team with Sia Khaleesi and squad plays and without him, yeah, that would be an objective but, point, like, which, you, clearly, which you cannot argue with. The guy's clearly... I mean, that, is, that has to be a lie, doesn't it? It has to be a lie. I've watched rugby many, many years. And, like, he's ne- he's never stood out to me as the main man on a field. On any but, field. But you listen to him. Like, we had the pleasure of talking to him in Monaco. And, like, things like when uh, the game... the One of the warm-up games that was held in Twickenham, South Africa versus uh, New Zealand... And Sia Khaleesi was getting interviewed after the game, after South Africa had handily beaten New Zealand... And he couldn't speak for the first minute because the whole crowd was applauding him. Yeah. And you, you listen to him talk and you see what he does. All of that stuff, absolutely. But, that's but yeah, loud. I do I do agree. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's it's not after, in Japan, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. So, yeah, you got, I'm with watch, you. Watch this video. It is, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, we were going to talk about another game. We've not, we've not really talked about Exeter yet. Exeter Bristol. Uh, Exeter, Exeter Gloucester. Gloucester, yeah. How would the Gloucester throw this away? I know. This this was an interesting game, because I thought Exeter come out of the blocks well, but Gloucester in that second half, it was there, so they 
Scored, scored a couple of cracking tries. There was some proper balling going on, wasn't there? Oh, it was lovely. Yeah, the, offloads the, all over the shop. And the, the Lewis Rees Summit try and the Ollie Thorley try, two superb finishes. Lewis Rees Summit could be going to Bordeaux next year. Oh. Bordeaux and Montpellier are in a bit of a tug of war for him. I, th- oh. I was thinking when he scored that try, how long is this guy staying in the Premiership? It can't be that long. Well, staying and, at Gloucester and, as and well. Itoji, and again, Itoji is to Leon. That's the uh, the, fa- the favourite destination at this point. You'd, you'd also look good in a Leon. That yeah. like, doesn't make you, much sense to me, Young. But are you thinking about, like, because you, you thought more about your French team? I, I, I think it's going to have to be Racing. I know it's boring. But I just feel that they have... We no, are, I can't... We are going to see him in, in January. Yeah, the problem is like. I can't really support... I really want to go and see Racing. Can me and Stuart Lancaster be, be friends? Like, I, I, I respect the man, but can I, <coughs> can I really buy into his team? Are those my values? No, they're not. No, they're not. They're not my values. You can't do that they to yourself. They a very gritty win in, par- in the Paris Derby at the weekend. Yesterday. Do, do you know who does have, have my values? Bruno Gora. La Rochelle, mm. big men running down the middle of the park. You can get you can get flights to La Rochelle most of the year, just not in the not, winter. Not in winter, brilliant. Basically. Not when all the good stuff's happening. La Rochelle are currently twenty five twenty one up at home against my beloved Bordeaux. Although Bordeaux have thrown it away, Bordeaux, uh, Bordeaux were twenty one eight up and two converted tries in the last. Uh, 25 minutes mean that La Rochelle are currently winning well, the lineups and Bordeaux, are Bordeaux with Damien Penault scoring tries for Bordeaux oh nice Claire Mons. Oh, yeah Damien Penault yeah. that's weird it is weird play. seeing I Pino. imagine Penault and Zamet oh, that's, oh. Pretty, that's pretty sexy it is isn't it that French League something oh. that French League is something um, yeah I'm going to have some more if only Ronan Agora could move to Paris that would work for me Oh, that La Rochelle back line. Go on. With Kerbala, Hastoy, who is class, Dante and Uge Sotini in the centre, the Samoan um, outside centre, Teddy Thomas and uh, Jack Noel on the wings, and Bryce, Bryce Doolan oh, the back, at 15. The, back row, the flankers, Boudon and Bottier. Oh, yeah. mate, what Bugarit, a team. Antonio and Wardy in the front row. That's quite nice, isn't it? It's quite nice. It's quite nice. Yes. It makes you feel warm inside, doesn't it? Oh, so, come on, Bordeaux. Yeah, so Eight so, minutes left. We could, have, we could have a little trip to the a cognac. But um, do I really like the kit of cognac La Rochelle? La Rochelle's kit is all Oh, right, it's very it? French, with all the sponsors. So, do you remember George Worth? George uh, Worth, Leicester, Leicester yeah. Yeah, George Worth. Do you want to say interesting about George Worth? Always. I'm pretty sure George Worth is... I, like, I was only thinking earlier. I'm, I, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure George, George Worth is related somehow to 666 Casino fame, uh, wealth... Mm. Like I'm, I'm certain he is. Anyway, uh, he's training to be a. What was he training to be? Something in finance. He had a great moustache, if I remember. Huh? I remember him having a great moustache. He, he he had um he grew a really great moustache before George Forbank. Uh, George Forbank. George, George Furbank. Furbank. Yeah. Well, he is now uh, playing in France, and there's a picture of him on in his LinkedIn in his in this French kit, and it is such a French kit. So it's white with little red dots on it, but then peppered with tiny little sponsors yeah i love it it looks so cool the sponsorship is very french yeah unless you're racing yes oh love it anyway um what were we talking so exeter exeter gloucester <sighs> rob baxter he seems to have magicked up a team from out of nothing really out of nothing it's it's remarkable and I think the big difference between 
Gloucester. There, there are certain teams now in the Premiership which you can divide into teams that want to play everything. Gloucester is definitely one of them. They just want to play all all of the time. Same as Northampton. And teams that just want to carry everything hard. Exeter carry ridiculously hard. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you know, that is the whole ethos of what they do. Get get over the line, little bit at a time. But for them to, I think this is their eleventh win, is it in a row at Sandy Park? Uh, they've not lost in over a year now. Incredible, absolutely incredible. Certainly, certainly in the Premiership. Um, I'm not sure if that reflects in Europe yeah. as well. Yeah, to rebuild the entire team, I think, is a remarkable thing. Yeah, and to win games like this as well with the final kick of the game. Yeah. Which when Slady was... He really took his time on that penalty. Because if he goes early and he misses, they've got time for a restart. Yes, they have. But he he just had to hit it because he let the clock run down and he had to get it because it's game over if George, he misses that. George Barton looks very handy at 10. He did. It's probably one of the better games I've seen. The, oh, the guy that stood out for me, though, for um, Gloucester, who I think probably would have been man of the match had Gloucester have won... Was Jack Clement? Mm. Yes, he's a I, big boy, isn't he? He is a big boy. He, I, I just, I was watching him carry. It's like, oof. Because I, I, I remember seeing him last thick, year. He? Yeah, he is. He, he is thicker. So he's only twenty-two. Um, he's six-four and listed as one hundred and seven kg. I'm sure he's more than that now. Yeah, he is. He's more than that now. He is a big, strong boy. Uh, or six-three. Sorry, but one hundred and seven kg. He, uh, but he carried the ball. Uh, that, the line he cut for his try, and some of his running was super hard. Yeah, really, really impressed with him. I enjoy watching him. I enjoy watching Seb Atkinson. I've spoken about him a lot. I think he uh, he got he got himself a try to. He did, although uh, TNT Sports on the app badged it as Mark Atkinson who scored. Uh, They're the same it. guy as uh, Ultimate Rugby right. doing so- it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you anything to do with the broadcast setup at all anymore, Tim? No. Okay, good. Right. So, why is someone? I had a whinge a few weeks ago about female commentators um, because on the analyst role, how would they know what it is like to play a single second of men's rugby? How would they know? They they simply don't. And yet, we have to listen to to them analyze a men's World Cup game. Why is Sam Warburton on the on my TV talking about Bath versus Bristol? Sam Warburton, fine player, but he spent his whole career at Cardiff. He's never played a second of Premiership rugby. You know, <coughs> same goes for him as it does for female common uh, female analysts well, doing the World Cup. Brian, Brian, Brian Driscoll, Driscoll is on on the on the coverage as well. I, I don't want it. I, you know, there are so many people that have played um, in that in that derby that know what it is. I mean, if you so we had um, the, a new presenter. Uh, Sam Warburton and someone else and I can't remember exactly I was just thinking like this is such a big game a derby game uh, yeah it's top, uh, Topsy a South African a Welsh um, a Welshman and an Irishwoman uh, when they were interviewing um, Van Gran at the end so like I just think that you need people who have experienced that atmosphere that occasion have got some link with the club and do you know when you hear like someone who really gets the occasion. It's like when you have Ben Kay and Austin Healy, which they shouldn't really work together when Leicester are playing, because, yeah, you yeah. know... Too, especially know. when they're with Nick Mullins, yeah, and who's Nick also Mullins, a Leicester yeah, fan. Nick Mullins. Although he does well to hide it. Does he do well to hide uh, it? Does he do well to hide it? Yeah, you know, Nick Mullins describing how much it means when Leicester Tigers walk, walk out to that music 
I that you you know he means that, and you know that um, Austin means it, and you know you know that they know what they're talking about. Sam has no idea what it is to play for Bath, and no idea what it is to play for Bristol. So, so I'm, I think the two we just mentioned, uh, Sam Warburton and, and Brad O'Driscoll, are two of the best um, pundits. They are brilliant. It's not, yeah. I'm but, not saying they're not brilliant. I do. I get the point on Derby Day, particularly like the. East Midlands derby or the Bristol Bath derby, you should have one player from each side his, who has been in historical derby matches. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with you on that point for them. I, I think the probably, the probably really boring uh, answer to the question is they have a contract with X number of days work. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I remember it was in my... my was it my... my I did the 2015 year and I did a few games that year, but then it was the, the, the following season, it might have been in that, that season, 2015-16. I remember, I remember one of the first games I worked on was a quarter-final. One of the early games I worked on was a quarter-final of the European Cup and I was working with Bod and yes. Lawrence Lo- Lo- Delaney and I was sat on the catering truck and I messaged my mum going, this is absolutely bonkers. bonkers. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Um, but it's a, he only used to do Champions Cup games. Yes. Mm. Which makes perfect sense. It does make sense. It does. And, that, and it's the same with Sam Warburton. He was Champions Cup. But, yeah. But, um, so, but he's, maybe they're just the, the number of days they've got has expanded. That might be to do with the fact that the less champ- games, fewer games in Europe. And right. so they use them on the Premier League. I don't know. But that, that might be the boring, boring reason why. I think, I think you're probably right. But they are fantastic pundits. There's no question. Yeah, but, yeah they are. But it's just not what I want. I, 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 I live when Bayfield's at Northampton. You know, there's just loads well, of people. Like, who was, what game was Flatman on? Was he on the Bath Bristol game? Get, why not get Flatman? Yeah, yeah. yeah. there you go. Easy, yeah. easy, yeah. too easy. Well, it's like there are certain things where I don't want unbiased commentary. Yeah, I want yeah. like when I watch the Six Nations, I want bias. I want really partisan comments. I want Jiffy and Brown Moore screaming into the microphone. I'm not going to go that far. I because it's just you, it's what but, I've no, seen but with, for with years. The Derby weekend, they could have made. You're absolutely right. You could have made a massive feature of it it's a derby weekend there's a hundred years of history we know what this means it's an, a go really partisan who would be the player who's played for both Bristol and Bath Ke- Kevin Mags Kevin <laughs> he's played for both <laughs> wow, I'd, love, I'd love them to get Kevin Mags Joel Abd played for both um, <laughs> knowledge these are great names Tim uh, anyway, there's pl- but no. If you just took like an, an absolute stalwart <laughs> um, Bristolian and an absolute stalwart exactly, player, and just have them like like the two old men up in the uh, thing in the Muppets. Yeah, just exactly. Like that. Just go. Like that's, that is what Brian Moore and Jiffy, yeah. Jiffy are Jason, like. No, Jason Little. Someone Little. Jason Little was twelve. He was like fly half twelve. Yeah, he was Bristol and Gloucester, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There must be another one. Uh, Dave Atwood. Dave Atwood, but he would be busy that day. I think he might be in, uh, actually on the field. Well, one no, more. but they could have got him this weekend. Well, was he not playing? No, he's retired now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. No, I thought he went back to Bath. He Is wasn't. He? he wasn't playing, was he? He wasn't. Uh, Is he not retired and he's now doing his barrister training? Thing? Oh, I thought he was still in the Bath squad, or oh, with, maybe or was I'll, he with Bath last year? I might be mistaken on that. He, I'm sure he's gone back to Bath. Yeah, probably. Yeah, not. he's not. He wasn't in the matchday squad this okay. week. Anyway. Um, um, but yeah, just go partisan. Why not? Yeah, that yeah. would have been great this that's, weekend. That's what you get want. Get Tom Wood uh, like uh, uh, for the for the Saints Leicester game. Yeah. Get Tom Wood and a, who would be an old Leicester captain that's now retired? Tom Croft, George Shooter, George Shooter. Like yeah, I mean, there's so many Leicester guys. People that, you... that would have been in a dust up with each other. Yeah. Oh, um, Youngs and Tom Youngs and Ma Afu. Yeah, 
Oh yeah! <laughs> so, like now that. you're talking. <laughs> well, to, yes, have you? Have you yeah, that be would be good. Tuilagi and Ashton. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good combos. Um, you know, Sam Robinson's great. I'm not saying he's not yeah, a yeah. great analyst. He is good, but in the same way that I think some of the women are great analysts, but how they don't know what it is to be there. Well, you could argue by that token, he doesn't know. He, he, he doesn't know what it's like to play in Champions Cup. So finals well, and stuff. You know, there is a good point there. There is a good point. If you were using that as your metric. Do you know who I would love to see on our TV? Uh, would be um, Johnny Sexton. Yeah. I'd love to see him do the champion, like, Champions Cup, because he has actually won it. We we do forget that he has had some success in the competition. He's had uh, he's a, a fair game. bit. Yeah, yeah. But then he's also lost a lot as well, which we can't... We, we, you know, four, t- four titles? Three, three or four titles himself? Has he got that many? Definitely we, two. Two, I'd say. 2009, he was it, playing, wasn't he, when they beat Leicester? They won the, did they win back-to-back? No, not back-to-back. Northampton, in three years. He, got the North, he won against Northampton. Yeah. Did he beat Leicester? I think he, I think he was playing, was it 2009 when they beat Leicester, when it was Tuolagi, Alessandra Tuolagi versus Shane Horgan on the wing. That's a mismatch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Horgan's a, yeah. he was, was considered a big, Horgan, strong boy. But he was... He was better than I, I gave credit for. I love his sister. She's amazing. She's amazing. She is amazing, isn't she? And, like, so funny. Like, I love her because she's... Imagine the banter you'd have. <laughs> yeah. Imagine... Just talk um, to me, say funny things. He's very prominent, um, Shane Horgan, in Alistair Campbell's, uh, Alistair Campbell's book. Oh, really? Is he? Yeah, because apparently they um, got on really well and they speak, speak about politics all the time in the... Whatever tour it was, the tour of hell when they went to New Zealand. Yeah, Sexton won in 2009. 1916 uh, beat Leicester. Who was his opposite man that day? Wow. What's that is a question. Who, who's opposite man? That- so Sexton, 2009 final. Against? Leinster beat Leicester, 1916. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny Sexton starting fly half for Leinster. Yeah, who was his opposite man? No. Not Andy Good. Austin Healy. Austin Healy, I was going to go for. In 2009. Oh, yeah. No. Austin Healy was, yeah. I think, long retired then. Okay, so... So, Leicester Tigers. Oh, let's just calm down. Let's everyone just just take a breath. And just think about things. Just relax. <laughs> just, just, um, yeah. um, who would be a ten for Leicester at that time? Toby Flood. Nope. Tao Lupe Flood. No. No. Tao Lupe. <laughs> um, who? Okay. But yeah, Flood must have. Uh, oh, he might not have even gone to Leicester at that point. He might have still been at Newcastle, but no. It's. It, it, this is a tough one. No, I'll give you a clue. Come. So he is still involved in rugby in a coaching capacity. Oh, is it the Aussie guy um, that became a coach? He's not Aussie. No. Still involved in a coach. Hang on, capacity. hang on, hang on, hang on a second. This is tough. <laughs> um, it's coming back to me. Did he wear a scrum hat? No, he did not. What? No. Uh, he might have been one game, but I do not... George Ford would have been around then. He would have been like a kid. So it's definitely not him. It's not Ford. Oh, no, Ford, Ford would have been about... Coaching. Yeah, Ford Three. would have been about 15 at that time. No, no, he he, he was in the first team squad in about that. About that. Not, just, not 2009. He's like, well, he's like 30 now. He's like 20, 30, 30 now. 30 now. So, so 14 years ago. So oh, he'd yeah, been yeah, 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 16. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It, well, it's, it, it's not George Ford. and it, I think George Ford was in 2011 he made his name. Doesn't begin with H. Oh, I've got no should idea. I, should I tell you some of the other backline and some yeah, of the other players? 
So the, the, I'll, I'll read through the team. So Ayertza, we've yeah. already mentioned him, with George Shooter and Castro Giovanni. Oh, nice. what a front row. Nice front row. Uh, Tom Croft, Lewis Moody. It was Tom Croft and Ben Kay in the second row. Okay. Love in that. second so, row, so yeah. row will be Lewis Moody. Martin Corey? Uh, Moody was on the bench. What? Wow. Uh, no Corey. So Lewis Deacon was on the bench. Uh, Thomas Waldron? The back row. One is... one is uh, Two are... Corey? No, he wasn't still playing then. No. Back row's tough. I'll read it to you. So, Craig Newby. Uh, yeah. Ben Woods. No, we never got him. Wow. Uh, yeah. And Jordan Crane, who you probably wow. would have got. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I've got him eventually. French number nine. Oh, I got. I can see the sideburns. Yeah, yeah. The the hair. The, the, oh, I can't remember. He won't start Francais. Ju- Julian Dupuy. Yep. Uh, the ten is who you're looking for. Wingers were Scott Hamilton and Alessana Tuilagi. Scott Hamilton, all of... Was it two caps that Scott Hamilton got for New Zealand? New Zealand. Geordie Murphy was, will be the full-back. Geordie Murphy was the full-back. Centres, hip kiss and... Friend of the pod, Ayula Erinley. Good. So, me, who? I thought it was going to be Anthony Allen then. I was yeah. thinking. Who was the fly <gasps> half? Coach. You coach, t- yeah. I, I think I've got it. I think I know it. A coach. He's still in the game. He's coaching. I don't I want to give him. <gasps> Paul Burke. No. No. Oh. He's still involved. Jeremy in, Staunton. He's still. <laughs> no. I'm going to look at Phil. If I'm, no, I'm on the right. He's still involved in coaching in the Premiership. Yes, I think he is. Yes. Coaching the Premiership. Yes. No, uh, Dave. Um, 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 and, um. and, it's, is he, co- is he coaching? Oh, oh, is he- it, is, hand, hand, stop, is it? <laughs> is it Northampton's? Yes. Ah, what's his name? <laughs> I can't remember is any. It, is it that guy? I think, it, I think it is. Sam Vesti. Sam Vesti. Correct. Sam Vesti played Sam 10 Vesti. in the final. And he lost by three points. Uh, it was Dupuis. Uh, Julian Dupuis kicking sticks, though, rather than Vesti. Wow. So he was on the bench. There must have been an injury that, that day. There's no way that was their starting ten. Flood would have been their ten, surely, at that time. Yeah, had he moved at that point? I, know, uh, I just... think he probably had, hadn't he? They wouldn't have had Vesti as their, as their, main, starting. their main starting ten, surely. Let's have a look. No, yeah, because it was after... Well, Billy Twelve Trees was probably around at that time. He would have been coming through. No, they didn't, they didn't like him, though, did they? They formed off to Bedford. Yeah, yeah, I think he would have been playing Championship at that time. Mm. Interesting, isn't it? Excellent, excellent stuff. <laughs> so nice. nice. Um, anyway, so uh, Exeter did beat Gloucester, and that's uh, the wrap up of, of that game. After we, <laughs> got, yes, we, yeah, Toby Flood was there, two thousand eight. So Flood must have been injured. So we managed to summarise Exeter Gloucester by yes. naming the two thousand nine reserve. Leicester 10 so that's, obviously that's correct right. stuff like that is the reason people tune in <laughs> and we Why spent not? 10 minutes what a doing waste it of time Henry what Slade you absolute legend love yeah, it well then so um, who's not a legend uh, on today's naughty list is George Furbank what a horrible first half he had yeah I, I, I've only seen the highlights of that game yeah it wasn't good my word they just peppered him with kicks torrid absolutely torrid drop the first one slice uh, slice the second one just things that, sh- that should never happen. Uh, that, 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 that should never happen. Um, Northampton. They, uh, this this league in general. 
You just don't know who's going to win what. Well, I'd throw the positive on Leicester. They, they've got their players back. Honda yeah. Pollard did exactly what you talked about Marcus Smith needing to do in games yep. and just got his team in the right part of the pitch. Like you said, put some horrible kicks up on George Furbank. Yep. Just made it ho- just hard work for Northampton to get anything. Played territory and in rubbish conditions as well. That's even more... That's exaggerated. And, um, yeah. So I, I'd, I'd emphasise the positives there. It was a very workmanlike performance from Leicester. Mm. Tom Pearson was anonymous this game. I was really disappointed by that. I thought he was going to have a good game against uh, Rafael. I thought he was going to really show what he's all about because he was really good uh, last year. It's the point he yeah. got into England. Yeah, yeah he, was, um, he was in the squad over the summer, wasn't he? Yeah. I, I haven't seen the performance from him yet that I want to for, for Northampton because I think he could be an absolute critical pl- player for them. Mm. But it's, just not, it's just not really happening. Yeah. I, I really liked him last year and... I was a bit actually a bit surprised that he didn't do more with England because he was released relatively early. Yeah. Um, what well, he, he and Ben Earl were the two best back rows in England last year. Yeah, Weren't probably they? fair. Two best yeah. English back rows in England. Yeah. Well, they both made the dream team, didn't they? Yeah. Of, of with the um, dream team, Theo McFarlane being another, although he's injured for oh, quite yes. a lot of last year. Yes, yeah, true. Yeah, Leicester um, just seemed harder. Yeah. Smarter. That 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 bit. The, the, the scrum was quite interesting. So Waller looked like he had Hayes. Quite frequently, but then it's sort of you know turned into a, <coughs> a lottery. Well, I think they've done really well getting Curtis Kurt, Langdon. Sell Mister Trick, not not keeping him. Well, um, did he get away with? Did he get away with it on a on a high shot? Some people, some um, some fans uh, were unhappy. There was a high shot. Was this on Friday or was it on? No, it was in that game. And it, did it ride up? It looked. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I was, I was kind of like, yeah, fine, great, good. Yeah, rest, rest made the this is interesting, right? Because it feels to me like they're very quietly kind of roll, rolling Rolling back. Hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So, so although the Rusi Tuima one today was a bit of a nonsense. Yeah, was it? Yeah, it. it was the. So Clement got a yellow card for a hit on Tuima, and then later. Tuima got a yellow card, but it was it was a head clash with the uh, support runner who was coming to clear the uh, ball carrier. And so, for my mind, it wasn't in the effect of making the tackle because it was the the man who didn't have the ball. So I would have prefer- it was such an unusual incident. I would have preferred it to be a uh, rugby incident because Tuima is not looking at the support player; he's trying to tackle. The man who's carrying the ball. I'm and the support you, yeah. player comes in, I think it was Balmain, comes in. And Balmain is actually probably uh, as culpable, if not more culpable, for that head clash. Yeah. So, yeah. But not not that either of those cards affected the outcome of, the, of that game, the Exeter game, Gloucester game. Yeah. Yeah, Northampton just seemed a little bit lost. But the league in general, I mean, there's no unbeaten teams. Um, you know, even the top team has lost two games. Which currently Bath? Can you believe that Bath are the top team in the Premiership? Not Sale. Is it, is, yeah, is it not Sale? Where's Bath? I thought it was Sale. sale. Twenty-one points to twenty, no. Twenty-three points. Sale five wins. You, one defeat. Hang on. What, what, what hang app on. are you looking are you at? You on Ultimate Rugby? Oh, I'm on Ultimate Rugby. I am. <laughs> Ultimate Rugby has twenty-one <laughs> points to Bath, which is correct. Sale Sharks have got twenty. Uh, Which they, is they haven't incorrect. Registered. I mean, uh, maybe it's That's astonishing. Maybe because I. 
was the game oh no the game was in Manchester I was going to say if the game was up in Newcastle maybe it was that no one actually watched the game and they're, they're <laughs> waiting for the messenger to, to <laughs> relay know, the information carry a pigeon I've, I've not actually seen the sale game have you seen the sale game no highlights no, again just hurts. highlights only yeah uh, I, 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 the sale wingers scoring good tries yeah what I gather oh. is that actually a very young and relatively, certainly relative to Sale, very inexperienced Newcastle team actually put up a proper fight. Yes. And it was 25-22 going into, with like 10 minutes to go, and two very late scores for Sale made the scoreline look much more emphatic than it actually was. So, and, so yeah. maybe there's a little bit of hope there for, for Newcastle and, and what, bits, what Alex Codling is building. The bits to add to that is when it was 25-22, or 26-22, in Sale's favour... Newcastle had missed 75% of their conversions at that point. Yes. So had New, had Newcastle actually taken their conversions, they would have been leading. And the, Newcastle um, received a yellow card before the final two tries that made it look like an emphatic win. So uh, I've only seen the highlights. Reed and um, Rulebook are looking Really good at the moment. Yes, they are. Yeah, a really couple of nice, taking and that, nice finishes. And, and, and Sale, um, I think one of the areas they were really short was uh, good back row players. And they found another one in Ernst van Rijn, who just tackles everything. Yeah. Yeah, on um, on the wingers. So, my criticism of Aaron Reid for quite a long time is he just doesn't... He's got all the attributes to be a great winger. He just doesn't quite have whatever it is to spot that opportunity and then finish. He's he getting missed, that. He's got it now. He is getting it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Except because he's still a young lad. He's, he, he's got the the pace over 10 yards is exceptional. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Phenomenal. So uh, I think he might be Premiership's top try scorer at the moment. I think he probably is. Him or maybe Rich Lane has scored f- maybe four or five. Newcastle must be a miserable place to be. There'll be a lot to take out of this game, but but, it, for, to, but it'll be what? it'll be so disappointing to to concede fourteen points in the last four minutes. I mean, what are they going to do with what they're doing? Because <laughs> they're not good enough to do anything else. Like, yeah. they're gonna, I mean, who have they got next week? They have extra travel up there. Don't oh, extra. Good luck, boys. Like I'll, I'll put it this way about Newcastle is I'm I'm looking at the. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm looking at the. Uh, the the names of the back line and I don't know in some cases what the, what the Christian name is I, w- just from seeing a letter that's how and I I like to think I know my rugby <laughs> yeah. so Jay Elliott scrum half uh, Jimmy Elliott yeah ballet ballet dancer yeah famous Geordie <laughs> yeah <laughs> Jay Thomas fly half uh, Jonathan Thomas former Welsh back row yeah <laughs> C Hutchinson <laughs> uh, don't know <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Colin, the old West Ham United. Colin, <laughs> Colin I mean, there'll be some, oh, no. there'll be some lads in there, right? Who you don't know now, who I have no doubt will move clubs eventually because that's exactly what you should do if you find yourself in Newcastle. You should use Newcastle to put yourself in a shop window and move clubs immediately. That's what you should do. There was one name that I did recognise, uh, the fifteen, Ben Redshaw. Yeah. Do you know why he was on my radar? But has he played Play for Sedgley Park? Nope. He he's a young man. Leiden, maybe. Uh, he might have done, but... Ben Redshaw. So he's a very young man. He's 18. He's, uh, he, his date of birth is uh, January 2005. Oh, my goodness. So he's, it will be 19, <laughs> oh be 19 in t- two months' time. Uh, so he's a former Sedba pupil. Okay. Um, he was called into the England squad this summer. What? Did you know that? Did you not? 
So, I didn't know that. So he was called in. I know it was. They never made a big deal of it, but Borthwick brought him in for a couple of weeks into the England squad. Yeah. So obviously, uh, he's got something about him. Yeah, clearly, clearly. Mm. I'm just checking though that that, that that that's the final score. Uh, Larachelle did hold on to beat uh, JB's. Larachelle did manage to hold on and win against Phil's beloved oh. beloved Bordeaux. Heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. Some of these lads, I'm sure, will be good in the future, but um, put down. Red, yeah, Redshaw. Um, keep keep an eye, an eye on him. Yeah, because he is meant to be very good, very handy. Well, hopefully, what Josh Hodge has done is <coughs> um, go to Exeter, Exeter, and then get injured. Anything yeah. else that anyone wants to discuss before we? Yeah, I, I might address an email actually. Okay. We we want email this week, which claims that I have said. That the that the RFU should put all of their backing behind the private hold on, schools. You, hold on, you've replied to this person on email. You're, what are you replying? You're replying. I just think like you're, I you're spent replying, hours talking about this, right? I know. How do people misunderstand what I am saying, right? So I have never I in a million years yeah. said. But, but, but all you need to say is listen back, listen to the podcast again. Yeah, listen and hear to what I actually this said. Is a, a millions of hours of, of, <laughs> of podcasts about the RFU, and how I've never once said that the RFU should be backing only private schools to produce rugby players. No, this was the discussion about the. I think you said if, one of the things, like one of the phrases I remember you saying was this last week. You said that they're kind of selling selling these kids a bit of a lie about... Yeah, they're lying to the kids, right? So uh, this, this is how I see it, right? That they look at the private schools as rugby player production. Which, I they, mean, hey, look at... So, I know the point we made. Look at Ireland, look yeah. at South Africa, look at New Zealand. That's exactly mm. what yeah. they are. And then they lie to the other kids, uh, saying, oh, the game's about skills and community. And what they don't tell them is that the hard work and the physicality, because that message does not chime well with the all-inclusive nature of the RFU. They, they're not telling the truth about what it takes to... Um, thrive in rugby so you get this sort of dual streaming of the private schools who will happily tell you you need to be hard and go to gym every day you need to train very train. very hard yeah it's bloody hard to become it, a professional it is also player. true that you can you, you can, can do, do it you can do it my you brother can. my brother did it yeah but you know specifically your brother as well i mean state school late bloomer not through the academy system and then but your i mean your brother as well in his his style of play it's wholly championed by the by, by the RFU, is it? No. You know, when when the community coaches used to come down, they'd like, they wouldn't go, do you know what you need to do? Just hit a thousand rucks and <laughs> mi- don't miss any of your tackles. Yeah. They don't say that. They say, oh, skills... Make 25 skills. tackles every game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and just, you know, we're sort of positionally fluid. No, we're not. No, we're not. Uh, so they see the club game and the community game as a production line for rugby consumers, which is why they just want to grow the base as much as they can so more people watch rugby. But they're not interested in your local club to produce rugby, rugby playing talent. If one happens to come from there, they don't say, they're not going to say no, but that's not what the is. And also, I've that whole thing about there are lies, damn lies, and statistics. Just on that, there was some data that came out from New Zealand, which appears to show what previous data in the UK has shown is that participation in rugby is on the decline significantly. But we seem to be being told that somehow everything's up. With yeah, rugby. because they just include the women's game, and then when the women's well, and, game, and also people that, that, that might watch rugby on the telly and not actually I yeah. don't, I, it's, I don't well, know. they really did the numbers in the RFU I can't remember which study it was but they found out the participation was nowhere near what they said nowhere near but yeah. was it like 300,000 apparently or? but I think one thing we can say, I don't know I, this is a question actually not a statement um, but 
bearing when you compare your fears this time last uh, well uh, earlier in 2023 when the New tackle height law thing was going through with the, the with the reality right now. It's not as bad as you feared, is it? It's not because there's not a complete collapse of the club game. So last year, you know, we, we were getting sent screenshots of away walkover, home walker, away, you know, just whole leagues of walkovers. And there will be lots of teams that were running last year that aren't running this year, like and vice versa. Fourth teams, third teams, all the rest of it. Yeah, and vice, uh, and vice versa. So, but I will say this: I think the standard has declined, and I think a lot of lads have exited the game. Like, it certainly is the case at Tock H, and I'm looking at the standard of... I mean, it has to be the case for Broughton Park. has to be the case. Well, I, mean, I, I watched... Uh, what level is it? Level 7? Yes. Yeah. So I watched a Level 7 game last weekend, or weekend before that. that whatever. The, 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 the one that I played the, in. The Didsbury Broughton Park game. Yeah. And, my, and my overriding thought was, this is, this is not as good as... Le- this is... A chunk down from where it was when you and I were playing that level. Well, no, we were playing level six, then. Yeah, I know, but mm. even so, it's a, yeah. it's a uh, chunk yeah. down. When I first showed up to Broughton Park, right, uh, wherever it was now, nearly 20 years ago, maybe? Eight, 15 years ago, right? Um, it was simply the best collection of rugby players that I have seen. Now, that's because they were paying a shed load of money to these boys. But you had, like, uh, Tom Foden, Ben Foden's brother, a uh, guy called Tom Mapp. Um, just, I mean, have you ever come across the, Tom Mapp? When you no, I don't think so. Phenomenal player. Tom Tom Foden played for Chester for a bit. For ages, and yeah, then yeah, went yeah. to Northampton, and, you know, just but awesome. I'll, I'll put it this awesome. way. I, I, I played um, uh, National 1 Newbury, then went, came to Manchester, played National 1 Manchester until the money went, and then I went to my local club, because by then I'd had kids and stuff, and anyway, so I went to Broughton Park, met JB, Podcast started, rest is history. Yeah. But um, but I remember thinking when I went to Broughton Park, oh, this is, I was expecting, oh, this is going to be like Mickey Mouse compared to what I was, but it was like, oh, no, this is still, this it's is still, good. De- this is still yeah. good. Yeah. I, I wasn't thinking that. And then that's no disrespect to the individuals involved, but I think you're right. This, if that's replicated around the country, I think the standard <coughs> is l- what, what level five, what, what level six or seven meant. 10 years ago is not where level seven is at now. Yeah, last year the, this league was much stronger. We were much stronger, to be fair. Uh, at Didsbury, much much stronger. But you know the, that, that's just one team. You can't say yeah, anything. Yeah, I, from I, one I team. wouldn't. I wouldn't dare generalise that across the across yeah. England. But um, yeah, I'm sure people will let me know if that is the case. Yeah, it, it, the reason it's not abs- an absolute nightmare is because largely these laws aren't followed. They're, they're sort of arbitrarily uh, we- weirdly, enforced. Weirdly, there's there's probably yeah. No, you're right. And I was I was um, watching my son's team earlier today Lancashire Cup match and the ref even said beforehand the, the ref basically went well it's, it's a wet day so people are likely to slip so just you know try and keep your tackles yeah, because but, but, but accidents happen <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the ref before the game yeah, so and, and it's a fair point I don't want to throw him under the bus yeah yeah the biggest difference is there is absolutely no head contact but there was no head contact head contact there anyway no, and it's always been out it's always been but the idea of the belly tackle that doesn't exist no. It just doesn't exist. So all of the nonsense they were talking has just been overridden by people actually playing the game. And refs with a bit of common sense. Yeah. yeah. So the damage was done, I think, when they announced it, with the lack of communication, with the communicating of what they actually wanted, which is a, a vile distortion of the game. Um, and then actually the reality is com- a little bit different. In fact, it's a lot different. But by that time, the damage is already done. Once you made that decision to walk away and you fill up your weekends with other things like CrossFit or family or whatever it is, it's hard to go, hard to mm. go back. So once you lose a, a big chunk of players, you don't get them back. Mm. Anything else anyone wants to talk about before we... Uh, Ugo Monia. Podcast. 
Do you want to talk about Ugamonia? Yeah, go on. So, did you see the tweet? Do you want to read the tweet, actually? Because we don't actually I, know. I'd rather not read the full tweet. Yeah. Because uh, well. there is... I'll, I'll read it. Um, uh, so here is... Here is you, the, can, just, you, can, you can... You can... Yeah. You can... Uh, Edit, edit where necessary. Leaving Sandy Park and one supporter running through the crowd starts shouting, N-word, N-word. Disgraceful. Not a single person said a word, challenged or even reported it. He walks off after a mild scuffle and fans are now telling me, we are, we are with you. Bollocks. You're not with me. You weren't with me when you saw and heard the most blatant racism I've seen from a supporter at a live game. So fed up. So that's a very, very serious incident which has occurred. Mm-hmm. No two ways about it. Um, and there's quite a lot to dissect in that tweet. Uh, so uh, you, you have to do... It should not happen anywhere in society. Just, just to make a broader point on this. Really, no one should be subject, subject to someone running up to them to shout, shout abuse at any, of, of any kind, really. Yeah. I mean, that... The fact that it is racist abuse makes it uh, more more noticeable. Yeah. But no one should be subjected to any abuse. So, I don't really know what happens with this next. It's just... So, there are going to be two conflicting thoughts here, I think. So, one of the conflicting thoughts will be... The overriding thing is to uh, kick racism out of rugby, um, which, of course, everyone wants to do. And then there'll be another one which is kind of... This just shows how deeply ingrained the problem of racism is in rugby, and I think that is the one which will get the most traction. Yeah, and that is... It's sad if that... Because back to your point before, Tim, about constantly talking about the negatives rather than the positives. The positives of this game was it was a hell of a game very closely fought between two good teams who are bringing English youngsters through and, and other youngsters, youngsters from all over the place through, to um, be high-level professional rugby players. The negatives, this is a big negative, but this will get 10 times more traction oh, yeah. Yeah. than this anything be this, else. This, will this be, is the story, This is the story of rugby from the weekend. Yes. One and it's, that's not to say, idiot. Yeah, and and that's not to say this should not be a story, because no, 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 I'm not saying nobody it be wants it. Like, no. no, Yeah, yeah. I, no I, one I, wants this. But I can... I, so two things can be true at the same time. You can think, that's awful, shouldn't happen. Yeah. And... That I really wish that wasn't Gonna the, be, the yeah. story of this weekend for rugby because that, yeah. that that paints a picture of rugby which is not one I recognise. Yeah, exactly. Exactly for the reasons we said. We, yeah, we, we want to celebrate or what? All the all the amazing rugby that there was, and the, what, all, all that's going to be forgotten. The thing which gets me about this, and we kind of have to be a bit careful, but the tweet itself implies that because they weren't. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, it's written at the heat in the heat of the moment, and mm-hmm. there's a scuffle. Now, I don't know if that scuffle is with other people or with Ugo and the individual. But I don't know, and that does make a material difference. Well, the, implica- the implication from the fact that, that he was complaining of a lack of action from people nearby suggests the scuffle didn't involve other. Well, that's what how I fans. read it, but I simply but don't. We know. don't know. We I simply don't know. don't know. Right? Yeah, yeah. Now. This is what will happen, I suspect, which will be like, well, if someone's willing to say it, what's everyone else thinking? And, you know, if, you know it just shows how deeply ingrained it is. And for, t- for it to happen at Exeter as well, of all places, who have had their own issues in the past, unfairly and unfairly so, um, it just rolls up into a very shareable 
neat story. Mm. And ex- Exeter, who we spoke at the top of the show about the well, that they are struggling with paying players. Yeah. Um, hopefully that is just blips and admin errors, as we said before. But Sandy Park, which used to always be full and was expanded on the back of it always being mm-hmm. full, is no longer always full. Yeah. And it's you can never unpick how much of that is the fact that a lot of their best players have gone, how much of that is the fact that they were called racists uh, yeah. publicly for a long period of time, how much of that is just rugby is not growing at the same rate or actually is declining at the moment. Yeah. I don't think it's fair as well to assume that because people... I mean, people are not in favour of this behaviour. It, it, it's not something that anybody wants to see. No, yeah, no one so is in favour of this. So the implication that someone is in favour of it because they didn't they didn't intervene immediately. I mean, I don't know what you would tell your friends to do or tell your son to do, but my advice to most people is if a confrontation starts, you don't put yourself in it. You, know, you, you don't volunteer to put yourself in danger. Now, as a personal decision, I might decide to do that, but I wouldn't recommend anyone else do it. Mm. So I don't like the idea that he said, you know, no one stepped in to do this. Yeah, And you can pass out the fact that it's unacceptable and you can understand why it was upsetting. And then also to, to say that, yeah, drawing any conclusions about what that means about Exeter and or rugby fans because they didn't behave, that they didn't immediately jump in. I mean, for one thing, well, it could be, well, it's a few things there. If it was a, a drunk person running through a crowd, which is... Quite potentially, it's, yeah, what's yeah, happening yeah. here? It's not impossible. The, I, I, I might give that individual a wide berth. Yes, yeah, because yes. it's unpredictable. You, particularly if you're screaming racist abuse, we're filling in gaps. That yeah, we, I don't we're know. filling in gaps that, yeah. we, that, we, that we don't know. Which you do when there's an absence of information, yeah, what, which what, there is. What you know to be true is if if it went down as it went down, it's unacceptable. But I would personally stop short of saying that it 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 tells you anything about rugby fans in general. Because yeah, or Exeter Chiefs, or Exeter Chiefs, or other than this one, other than this one moron, absolute moron. Um, unfortunately, it is the story of the weekend, or it will be the story that rumbles on. Uh, and I, I don't know how it comes to a conclusion. I guess, well, <sighs> Exeter Chiefs have done what they can. They've put out a statement um, saying it's unacceptable, and there's a full investigation and fair play. That's all they can do at this point. It doesn't, re- it doesn't reflect on them as a club doesn't reflect on their supporters. I would, feel, I would feel awful if I was one of their fans. Just going away, having got a great win, and then that's that's the story they're reading. One absolute dickhead, Yeah, it looks like, has just... Um, just a loser, isn't it? I mean, yeah. that's it. I, mean, I, I know I've said this several times, but the frustration of a loser being able to hijack the whole narrative of rugby, then it's just so frustrating. I mean, you can't give them this sort of ability to trash a game. That's what I would say. Mm. Unsavoury all round. Yes. Yeah. Positives, next week's fixtures. Yes, go on then, Phil. So, Friday night, we've got two teams that match up quite nicely, I think, in Northampton and Harlequins. Mm. Uh, one Harlequins. million to one million and one. <laughs> <laughs> Harlequins. Yeah, hopefully it's good weather, hopefully nice, dry yeah. track, Franklin's Gardens. You and I got together for a Friday night game a couple of years ago, before COVID it must have been. And it was a dynamite Northampton team, and a, maybe Quinns were champions at the time, or something like that. I mean, it was good Quinns time team, and it was awful. It was one of the worst <laughs> Friday, games I've ever ever seen. Friday night often seems to be in bad weather. I don't, I don't know yeah. what. It, but 
I know that's total anecdote, but it often seems to be worse weather on a Friday night. The worst game of rugby I've seen, or the best. No, so there's a six three classic bath. bath sale. Well, that is the other Friday night fixture this yeah. week. Yes, where at the AJ Bell is it sale. Are you going to say you might go to that one and then not go to it again? I might go to that one. <laughs> hosting Finn Russell. <laughs> see Alfie Barbary in the flesh. See Max Ajomu and Ollie Lawrence oh, and Cam Redpath. The return just of just Cam say, Redpath. Just go, go and say hello to Alfie. Alfie, can I, can I come and just... Can you just strip off and let me see what, yeah, see what sort of shit you really <laughs> weigh, weigh him. <laughs> so, um, how many burpees can you do, Alfie? I'm pretty sure this is going to be one of those games where Sale absolutely batter Bath up front. That's the that's the way that's sales route to winning this. Because yeah, that's what they have to do. They have to stop mm-hmm. that ball getting out to those backs. Mm-hmm. That back line is dynamite. And I know Rob Dupree is on fine form, he's probably the best at uh outside centre the world's ever seen at the moment. Uh, yes. Although yep. he played ten this week, which obviously makes him better as an outside centre. Yes, we keep And playing outside centre makes him better as a ten. I wonder how good George Ford would be at outside centre. Well maybe George Ford could play loose head prop for a few weeks and then he'd be an even better ten. I, lo- I love some of the things that Alex, Alex Anderson says. So um yes, uh I think that Sale beat up Bath badly and then win. Mm. In the I th- I think I think Sale will win this. In the Palace of Fun. <laughs> Upgraded from a temple. Beat, Tem- da- yes. beat, beat down Boulevard. Yes. Uh, but so by yeah. the way, I will just mention before before you talk about um, any more fixtures for this weekend, just very briefly, your, your boys Ulster won again. Yeah, they're doing all right. Yeah. Doing all right. And, and all the South African teams lost in the URC. Yeah, so in the URC, uh, the top six places in the table currently are occupied by the four Irish teams and the two Scottish teams with... Uh, Bulls and Benetton making the top eight, but the South African teams haven't really got going yet. No, but Connacht going down to Durban and beating the Sharks was, uh, yeah, yeah. Connacht are doing well. Connacht's the only team that beat Ulster so far this season as well. And like that was the Sharks with Dianti, Am, Fassi, Kerwin, excuse me, Kerwin Bosch in their back line. So mm. they, had, they had some proper proper players out there. So anyway. One to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Ulster will do what Ulster do and give me reason to be hopeful towards the end of the season and then just fluff it, no doubt. Yeah. But I will remain hopeful. Uh, so, Saturday... So on Friday night, we're oh, saying... Yeah. Uh, all saying sail to beat Bath. Yes. And I'm saying Quinns to right the roar. I think Northampton is a good matchup for Quinns. I agree with you on that. So Quinn's to put things right and Magic Marcus to look amazing again. Saracens will beat Bristol in the Malins Bowl. Yes. Yeah, uh, Malins Bowl and the, the Earl, but Ben Earl Bowl. Yeah, and Gloucester, Leicester, Leicester Tigers will beat Gloucester and in, King's Home. In the Johnny May. In the Johnny May Bowl. And oh, no, that, that will actually be the Balmain. Slater Cup. Slater, it will be the Slater Cup, yeah. Ed Slater, Balmain. Yeah, Balmain. But yeah, it, it actually is the Ed Slater actually Cup. actually is the Slater Cup, which yes. is a, well, I mean, a very nice. good cause. Yes. So, um, are you just naming players that have done stints at Gloucester and... Gloucester and Leicester. Uh, you missed uh, Anthony Allen? Yeah, the Allen. Yeah. Um, Ryan Lamb? 12 Trees. <laughs> yes, yes. Twelve. Yeah, 12 Trees is a great one. Um, hang on, I've got one for you. Uh, uh, um, oh, what's his name? Went to Bristol. Runs very angry. Very angry runner. Winger. Went to Coventry. Henry Purdy. Henry Purdy. Was he at Leicester? He was. Leicester for a bit. Leicester and then Gloucester. Mm. 
Uh, one more, one more. Um, Santiago Sacchino. He's had a stint at Leicester, has he not? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, his brother has. It's his brother. Oh, Pablo Sacchino. Yeah, Pablo Sacchino. The centre. Juan Pablo, Juan Pablo. and uh, Santi, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Leicester for the. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go. So we're going away win, home win Friday night, home yep. win, away win Saturday. Yes. And away win Sunday, Newcastle, yes. Exeter. But I think this is one that Newcastle can't because. This is the opposite of the Derby weekend. This is yes. Like how far away can we. Yeah. Exeter going all the way oh, up to um, Newcastle. Ram, Ram Benny? <laughs> the Ram Benny Bowl. Did he play for both? Yeah, the guy who passed away a few years ago. Yeah. Did he, didn't he play for Leicester Siru, and Exeter? No, oh, Exeter and Gloucester. Seru Ram... Seru Ram... No, no, Rambani? Newcastle and Exeter we're on now. Oh, sorry, I'm still going for... Yeah, Gloucester you're still going for Gloucester. All uh, oh, right. Yeah, I'll come back to you with Exeter. Well, Exeter, Newcastle. Who's played Hodge. for Exeter and Newcastle? The Hodgeball. 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 Soon uh, to be Ben Redshaw. Yeah, Ben Redshaw soon. Yeah. Um, Anyone else? There must be more. Uh, um... Seru Rambeni didn't play for Gloucester. Did he not? He played for uh, some teams in Fiji, Otago, Leicester, Leeds, La Rochelle, Montemar San, uh, and Highlanders. And Fiji Pacific Islanders. What a cool, And Fiji Sevens. What a cool he played Fiji Sevens in career. the, in Hang on, the there 2002 is Commonwealth Games. I'm sure there's a big winger of some description that's played for both. Hmm. So, Gloucester went through a phase. You know when they lost to Leicester in the in the final, All they picked up the biggest possible wingers. And when they yeah. picked up Vinacolo and Carl Price, Carl Price, yeah, that's exactly it. I'm sure they had someone from. Sure, they got someone from Leicester. Oh, this is going to bug me forever now. Anyway, please continue. Newcastle. Do you, know, do you know how big Carl Price was? Six foot six. Uh, six four. Six six. Six four. Uh, and I'll go for six six. Hell of a winger. I said, I said, I said, yeah, I said, you said six, six, no, no, yeah, so six, six is your and a and hundred and fifteen kegs. So you're saying six, four, and 110. So he's six, seven, and a hundred, a hundred and twenty three kilograms what? is his listed really? weight. How, how big was Leon Price? Uh, not that big. That is absolutely enormous. He is not. Leon Price was the best of the two. Yeah, have Leon Price was a much read better the court tran- I mean, this is niche, but I have. The court transcript of Leon Price and another rugby league player breaking into an ex-girlfriend's flat to to basically terrorise the new boyfriend. <laughs> no. It's a, like the court tra- transcript was like, yeah, we went in there. We, we, were, we were drinking all day. We went in there. Yeah, sure, we were a bit breezy. <laughs> 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 Some of those rugby league boys uh, in we were a bit in, loose in the UK and in Australia. Oh are, my word! No, like they get up to some bad stuff. Carl uh, Price, uh, his his Wikipedia page, the first sentence says Carl Price, who is also known by the nicknames of. Can you guess a nickname he might be known as? I got no. The Big idea. Show, uh, not far off. Big Carl, yeah, <laughs> and um, High High Tower is the other one. Little, high Tower, that's not good. Police, police Academy. Academy. Wow, very good. Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, uh, that might be one of the first times I saw a boob actually. When, uh, when Carl Price. Uh, <laughs> no, when um, when some kid on our little cul-de-sac street that I grew up on. Um, was like oh police academy. There's a scene where they're Boobs. where they're looking through the women showering, 
Ah. It was like, oh my oh, god! Oh yes, I remember that scene. <laughs> yeah, he never forgets that those scenes. No, it's like when you're a bit older, you never forget the the hitting pause on um, basic instinct. Hey, absolutely, Starship Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. Uh, what's the next one? Uh, I think that, <laughs> that if we're it. talking about police academy uh, shower scenes, we're done. We are definitely done. Right. Uh, yes, thank you for your support. Um, Patreon.com slash eggchasers for more. And hit subscribe everywhere. Contact eggchasers at gmail.com and let the boys end. <laughs>